everybody, and welcome to episode 558 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Petty Officer No Class Memorial Studio uh-huh. of the Airwaves. Clearly their real name. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level or join us at the $5 level if you want to get access to bonus shows, including our ordering show where we argue mm. about the game of the year entries. we got a new Gremlin ago. show on there, man. Yes. Terminator coming soon. Who speaks? Chrissy Pants Antista. And... No one told me Mean Girls was a musical. You go, Glenn Coco, Matthew Allen. <laughs> they don't like to boast about that. Thinks it scares away the straights. Did you know I noticed after seeing it, I looked up at the billboard, and there, there's actually a musical note they've incorporated yeah. into the logo that I'm like, ah. ah. Like, I missed the obvious clue. And there's, ah. there's, like, there's like three movies out right now that like don't tell you they're musicals in yes. any of their promotions. Mm. There's a lot. I went into Cats expecting a lot of realistic dialogue. and Yeah, I went into Color Purple and like, I can't jerk off to this. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Now, I, you know, I just wanted to point this out because it, it, on 302010 this week, I get to have a go at the demise of Comedy Central, which was a really important channel to me for a very it long time until it was Groundbreaking channel. And we get to talk about that in two respects on 302010 things that were really big about it before it was the Seinfeld South Park office rerun channel. Oh, and Futurama. They have four shows they air constantly, none of which are making new episodes. But the channel was 58. So that's always been important to me. And when we all got pagers in high school, do you remember your pager code? Because <laughs> do you remember how, do you even remember how using a pager works? Yeah. No. <laughs> I yeah, people, never had people one. Would, they were for drug dealers. People would text, Oh, they were awesome. They'd basically send you a series of numbers. They'd send you a it. number that they wanted you to call back on, and then they could leave a code that said, oh, it's 58, it's Chris, because that's Comedy Central, because everyone wanted MTV back then. Yeah, you'd have to have like a little number, like because call back this payphone so I don't have to put money into... Call- I feel like from, I'm from a different century because I mm. am. Yeah. <laughs> All three of us are, actually. I'm Makes just shocked qualify. your code wasn't 5318008. Wait, oh, what? What was that? Oh, kids. oh, my God. I thought you put threw out like an old phone number I was supposed to remember. It was a, <laughs> unlocking something in my brain. I might have Pagers. done it backwards. If I turn that upside down, do I get a reverse the numbers? Do you go eight zeros? I don't know. Anyway, it's boobies. Pagers. I'm surprised still- your code wasn't boobies. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. No, boob. Five, yeah. three, one, eight, zero, zero, eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's gonna be a fun show because so we got the first really big release of 2024. <laughs> and it's one that I super care about. Not only because, full disclosure, I work for the company that makes it Ubisoft, but I have played Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. All three of us have. It is a, f- I can't really say this as a an employee of the company and have you believe me, but it is a fantastic Metroidvania. It's it's game of the year material, period. Yeah. And and you guys have been playing it, full disclosure, I gave you free codes so that we can we can have a totally unbiased. Well, full most disclosure, I didn't disclose that. Opinion. I'm still keeping that a secret mm. because mm. all you have to do is give me a free game and I'll love it. No, <laughs> but no, uh, but I, I absolutely love this. And uh, I said I, off mic, I wasn't going to say this. Really, it makes Metroid Dread seem like a piece of shit. 
<laughs> just better, like a horror game, but like, man, Metroid, Metroid made the worst Metroid game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to do a favorable comparison to thing, things like Ori, but sure, you can go the opposite yeah. direction. Or... Oh, just, I'm st- still not over. No, no crit path hidden walls. Get fucked, Metroid Dread. <laughs> ah, I mean... I was even going to compare it to Shadow Complex, but maybe we'll do that during the new. Releases. But it's 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 traversal is it, traversal is better, and combat is infinitely more interesting yeah. in, ah, in yeah, Prince yeah, of Persia. Yeah, Ori is an in, uh, is a pretty big influence. Uh, it has one of the two composers on Prince of Persia: Lost Crown is Gareth Coker, who also did the soundtrack for Ori. The other is Mentrix, aka Samar Rod, who's a, a woman who's Iranian born and uh, has done a lot of really cool music videos and uh and like most of the music that you hear throughout the game the the ambient environmental stuff is hers so it's really cool you guys it's awesome Uh, it's it's totally i know it's early but it's it's goatee of the half year material yeah tough to beat i say well, it's also early in the show. We will get to it more in the new releases. But first, there's the top five, of course, which this has inspired because this is the third reboot for its series, I believe. So, just like this is the third reformatted episode. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> of the new year. And, well, that, that's the other thing that we've been playing around with format. And since the last one fell apart halfway through, uh, the, the format that we were trying, I wanted to just. Switch back a little bit and do a traditional top five, and then we'll resume our experimentation next week. But this is just a, a reassurance. That, like I, I saw some kind words about it, and I can only yeah. assume that's because of your editing. <laughs> I, well, I, I, totally... I got rid of the long pauses as we pondered answers to the questions. And... Yeah. I didn't get to listen to the final product, but like, I, I wish I could... I tried to prepare it like eight hours beforehand because I knew I had free Elvis Costello tickets and was going to le- need to leave the Encore early just to arrive to record VGA. And then like, oh, none of my sounds work. It mm. never will. Mm. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> it was a total shit show. And I'm surprised there was anything salvageable in there. So thank you, Mickle. Yeah, Thanks for the nice words, folks. Yeah. Thank thank you, everyone who commented. We we always do want honest, constructive feedback. Don't be mean, but, you know, if, if you yeah. like something or you don't like it, let us know. But, yes, we, we are going to launch straight into a more conventional, more familiar top five, more tactile. You, this will feel familiar. You'll hear lots of sounds. We'll get into the weeds on some of these series. So Prince of Persia, it's multiple reboots inspired us to do a top five about series that have had more than one reboot. The first, either the reboot. first reboot didn't take so, or they, they went in a different direction, whatever. Let's begin with... Wait, wait, does this mean Prince of Persia is not on the list? We should never try to guess Prince of Persia? Or are you going to surprise us? Is it going to be on the list? I'm going to surprise you. Oh, oh man. But it's, let's say let's we also like disqualified things like Sonic, Mario, Zelda, things that like jump back and forth that don't yeah, really have a codified like, you formula. You can't really call a lot of what they do reboots because yeah. there's no consistent storyline or Yeah, Metroid Prime is in the is in the main continuity. Mm-hmm. It's just a different. It's just a different genre of game. I think the rule of thumb is the developer and or publisher had to publicly acknowledge this as a reboot. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, list. and it, and it has to be like, okay, the, like it, it's it's different from a spinoff, like something like Street Fighter Alpha, which is it's like a prequel spinoff, but uh, this is like no, this is the mainline entry for this series. This mm-hmm. is what the series is at least for now. 
a good example yeah, it's not a multiple reboot so like the god of war 2018 reboot yeah. like that is like that's a totally different thing than previous god of wars there were god of war handheld games that you might call spin-offs although they played the same that's that's a great example of a singular reboot but this has to have had more than one of those that's the list Man, that's a, god of, a god of war what would you call it uh just going back to its old style that could be interesting in the modern era Maybe. God of War approach to that pop made could be interesting, too. Mm. Anywho. Anyway, let's begin. I, I was only saying because I wouldn't expect God of War to go backwards in time if it's ever touched again. But no, that could be cool, too. Yeah. yeah. Go go back in time to be a rage-fueled Kratos after he's done his therapy yeah. in the uh, the roguelite DLC. <laughs> Forget Valhalla. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, let's begin with... Number five. It's over, Jarek. Shinnok is dead. The good guys won. You're coming back with me. Never, Sonya. I agreed to help defeat Shinnok, not turn myself into the special forces. The Black Dragon, live on! The Black Dragon died with Kano. You're the last one, Jarek. Never! And he falls off a cliff and it ends there. I love that, that is sound my, effect. Why don't we play that more often? That is my never. second favorite never next to Ralph Wiggum as George Washington. Oh, I, I meant the, their version of the um, the goofy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought you meant like, well, the never is something Chris imitates all the time. So why oh, do we need I love it? it? I love it so much. Yeah. Yes. No, but it's immediately followed by. I mean, we that overshadows the fun like dude falling off a cliff sound effect, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mortal what? Kombat 4, such great yes. dialogue. So, Mortal Kombat, this is at the top of our list, number one, because it's fun to talk about, and number two, because it's a little bit shaky. Because it's had continuity reboots, but like, could they're they're all in canon? So it's not like, oh, we're starting over That's... fresh now. It's like, no, it always has the baggage of previous Mortal Kombat's hanging over it. Like the things that happened in previous iterations of Mortal Kombat are still part of this series yeah. past, and there's always at least one character who remembers everything that happened. I wouldn't call it baggage, though. At this point now, they just yeah, play with negative. it. And at like, this point now, it's, it's like, well, this one random-ass character that was in one game that nobody liked, we get to immediately have that character sacrificed and killed in a cutscene during our story mode because it's a fun reference. But it, yeah, they don't... I think what's nice about the reboots is that it really does. It clears out all the baggage. It's like, we can do whatever the fuck we want now at yeah, this point. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, it's like what they do in comics, but it's, it, it's as if James Gunn's upcoming Superman movie spends its first 30 minutes with Superman sitting in a writer's room telling, t- telling him how he used to be Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat's reboots happen inside of the game. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I like well, that. Well, and sometimes they've had multiple versions of characters. It, yeah. I mean, Mortal Kombat is based on the premise of, like, interdimensional portals, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going into Outworld or whatever. So, of course, when you have that, you're going to play around with time travel, and eventually you're going to yeah. then play around with the reboot. And just, MK1 does get to the point where it's just like, you know what? It's just a fucking multiverse now. It's a multiverse. Yeah. There's yeah. millions the of timelines that exist simultaneously. Did you... We didn't talk about this on the show, and slight spoiler alert. I will not spoil it, but... Man, that final battle scene of Mortal Kombat 1, speaking of multiverse and how they play with the characters, is some of the most fun shit I've ha- I've played in years. God damn, I really want to give it a shot. I, it's just, I can't pay full price for it. I just know I'm not going to get that much play out of it. 
Uh, and you know what I think is is eleven. Eleven's on Game Pass now, yeah. so you you know it's kind of like oh that probably means one's eventually coming to Game Pass. But like mm-hmm. the fun part of that thing is they they so play around with the multiverse every time you play through that scene. I won't say what, but major differences occur, and it's pretty fun. So, but uh, oh. yeah, uh, I mean one one of the things they have managed to do in the reboots though is they don't. They don't completely redefine the characters. Sometimes they'll do small tweaks. They'll give someone a different move set or whatever. But you know, I, I do like that they don't completely throw out. Let's just call them the main characters, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like okay, that's this version of Sub Zero, but he still freezes dudes and uppercuts their head off. Like that's yeah. that's Sub Zero like, staple. We'll, we'll we'll keep all your favorites, the core characters from the first couple games that everybody likes. But yeah, Mortal Kombat, obviously, you know, you probably are familiar with this. The first three games were all 2D fighting games with digitized characters. The fourth one was like a really janky kind of 2.5D game Mm -hmm. and that it was mostly on a 2D plane, but you could like sidestep five, six and seven, which all had subtitles, Deadly Alliance, Deception and Armageddon were all like. 3D fighting games was sort of like a gameplay reboot, kind of, where, like, you know, each character has multiple martial arts, and we're kind of downplaying the over-the-top, you know, fireballs and shit, and and now it's all about, like, switching stances and pulling Weapon systems. Yeah, weapons. (laughs) Yeah, that was another key thing. What we now think of as what would be numbered as Mortal Kombat 8, which we talked about last week. Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, <laughs> which would have been a spin-off, except that you can't number the series, you know, to eleven without including this as number eight. And like it was an utter betrayal of everything that Mortal Kombat had been up to that point because it's like, yeah. well, we've got DC characters, so we can't have blood and fatalities, you guys. You guys, you trust me, Superman in the game is worth the trade-off of not having any blood or fatalities in a Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, we got some blood, I guess. It was a little bit of a refinement in the fighting system, but of course, it was this game that really got things back on track. Kung Lao's death is my fault. I encouraged him. Our triumph was not meant to be achieved in this way. I see now. He must win refers to you. But to prevent Armageddon, you needed to defeat Shao Kahn, not Chang Tsung. Uh, I didn't really spoil anything there because people die in these games over and over and over again in the storylines. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, <laughs> but Mortal Kombat 9 was a the first incontinuity reboot where, like, at the end of Armageddon, Raiden, just before he's going to be killed by Shao Kahn sends a message back in time to his past self saying he must win. And so the past self, during the events of Mortal Kombat 1, is trying to puzzle through what this could mean, and so he keeps trying to manipulate events so that horrible things don't come to pass. And guess what? Different horrible things come to pass, and a new timeline is born. Things that happen to some characters instead of happen to other characters. It's neat. And then they, you know, 10 and 11 built off that, and then rather than have Mortal Kombat 12... And made the series kind of a household name again. Then kind yeah. of this this dying series. N- nothing against those Deadly Alliance, Period Deception, and Armageddon, but like the series was pretending to close, like the McRib. Mm-hmm. Just, people have had enough of this. <laughs> they, 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 there's nothing to, new to expect anymore, and it took some time off, re- reorganized itself, 
wait a second now. If Mortal Kombat versus DC is canon, does that make Injustice an alternate reality spinoff from Mortal Kombat? Maybe. I don't, I don't think that <laughs> I think, they ever I think if you want to do that. a lot of mental gymnastics, yeah. odds are the developers just... Uh, were purchased by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> Well, I, I, I think MK versus DC was also kind of their audition to make Injustice. Like, mm. look, we can ha- we can do these characters justice. Or yeah. Injustice. There he goes. Yeah. He's on fire tonight. Mm-hmm. It- <laughs> Stammering like crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah. Mortal Kombat 9. 9, that's what Because, yeah. yeah, they don't call it 9, just Mortal it's just Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah, which Mortal is Kombat. another sign of a reboot, right? Is mm-hmm. And what's funny about... we. We've talked about on the show, like, um, well, we talked about it in our, when we were going, like, you know, series with eight entries or whatever. Most people sort of chicken out at four. Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat sort of had that identity crisis, you can tell, because there was also, like, Mortal Kombat trilogy right around then. Right, and it's yes. like, mm-hmm. they've they've done the four thing kind of three times now with their 12th iteration, right? Where it's just like, they just, it's... It's hard to get past that fourth entry. Like, okay, what do we do? Do we just keep numbering, or do we do we mix it up? Do we just call them by subtitles? Do we just drop everything and re and call it the original name, which just means everyone has to go back into databases and add a year after the original's title because <laughs> that's the only way we can keep track of these things. Thank you, God of War. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they've they've managed to hold it all together, and I think the reason they have is like Ed Boon has stuck around and I would venture yeah. a guess that like things like Deadly Alliance like yeah they he probably was trying to put an end to it like he was probably creatively like I think I might be out of ideas I don't know I haven't had talks with Ed Boon about this but like we get it longtime creators yeah. they're just like okay where else can I go and it took some new blood to come into that studio to be like hey I grew up playing Mortal Kombat here's my ideas and that probably breathes some new creative life into the yeah. series and then he's like okay yeah well, let's reboot it Love these ideas. Let's let's explore this. And con- conversely, having at least one guy at the top, and probably a bunch of other NetherRealm people have been there eternally. Having all those people still there, like they still care even about their failures and have them acknowledged. That's like it's the same thing that makes weird Smash Brothers characters like Rob and Game and Watch guy fun because like there's still people here who remember making that. <laughs> That's and, no, that, uh, that's a huge to have that consistency of at least one person, yeah. like you said, who remembers. Hate to say that remembers the mistakes, but yeah, like oh yeah, yeah we we tried that before, it didn't work, uh, you know. So I we, not Shinoff, to say we can't yeah. try something again, but if we try it again, we should do it a different way. Yeah, know? or let's combine uh, uh, like universes that never happened and get John Claude Van Damme in our game finally. Yeah, yes, <laughs> though it has yes. no real impact on anything, but hey, it's I know, but it's, it's just cool. it's just this. Lovely, weird series that isn't afraid to take weird risks, and I just I, I commend it. I need to I need to play eleven and and one. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> the stuff that one. truly doesn't matter in Mortal Kombat. It's the DLC. They can't mm-hmm. acknowledge the DLC because they can't assume everyone played that. But, but like the DLC is mm-hmm. the best part. I know. There's, there's you get to play as RoboCop beating up uh, who was in eleven, not Jason. Uh, I wish they would incorporate the DLC characters into the expanded story modes because yes. that they're. That's the only problem is they're just so separate from everything. If else. if if I had a if I had a million wishes, I could get to this. But a Mortal Kombat Ultimate that includes all the DLC characters from throughout history, and then that that game has a continuity where they all get to have storyline moments. Freddy Krueger, the Alien, uh, Xenomorph, holy shit, Jason Voorhees, Terminator, fuck yeah, Omni Man. I'm into Omni Man. Yeah. This is just Space Jam too. 
<laughs> it's Smash Ultimate. It's different. It's not. It's not Gen X nostalgia. If That's I call true. it like Smash. That's true. It's 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 more up to the minute, uh, pop culturey stuff. But yeah, you know, like Space in the Jam. 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so up to the minute, like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just uh, Matt, you you. Well, I mean, help I us out here. Other than the boys, other than other than like uh, whatever Seth Rogen's producing, where are all our R-rated, hyper-violent action figure characters? Go walk down a, a toy aisle. You don't see a lot of stuff based on R-rated properties. We've got one. What? And you, you, you had a perfect nickname for him, Jason Statham. Jason who, you, who did you? Statham. What did you call him when I went and what? saw the Beekeeper? Yes, I saw that bad movie, which was actually I heard it was so fun. Good. It's fun. But what did you call him? You called him Jason Stay Home. Jason Stay Home. <laughs> <laughs> because I sent you guys a picture opening night. I was the only one in this giant IMAX theater. I was like, how oh, do you, yeah. How do, you, how do you open what's essentially Jason Statham 24 in, a, in an IMAX theater and then call it the beekeeper and expect people to come? I don't know. It sounds like a Belgian movie. I don't know. Let me guess. That. He's a man with a very principled set of rules that he never breaks mm-hmm. until uh-huh. now. No, no. No, that's oh, okay. the whole point of that movie is he still hasn't broke his principles. Everyone else tries to. But he's, no, he's sticking with the program. He's the Oh, I'm unflappable, mate. He's got to control the hive, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> has he Has he been in a Mortal Kombat? Now that I think about it. No, he, he should be, though. His, his character from Crank, Chev Chelios, should be in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Chev yeah, Chelios. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or the fucking transporter. Um, but I, I do like, again, what they do with going back to Mortal Kombat with these reboots that uh, the, the first one was just like, let's fudge events a bit so we come up with a different configuration of things that happened in previous games. Mortal Kombat 1 was just like, let's give one of the characters carte blanche to remake the universe. Backwater folk are far more likely to trust a kindly old man. Here on behalf of a dissatisfied customer. If it's revenge you want... Have at it. If it's restitution, there's nothing left. What I want, Shang Tsung, is to elevate you, to make you the great sorcerer that now you can only pretend to be. Yeah, that might be one of my favorite scenes at the beginning of this game is old man Shang Tsung is like selling quack cures in Outworld. And, and he's not really an old man. Like no, the he's, old man thing is an act. He's got he's a young. disguise kit. <laughs> no, I thought you were referring to... So Liu Kang is actually the character they gave the godlike yes, abilities yes. to. He, he to remakes the things. universe. For some reason, he keeps Shang Tsung around, but makes him, you know, just like a, a penniless uh, con artist instead of mm. a sorcerer. And yeah, but he but he like hands over the reins. He's like, yeah, I don't really want to be the time god anymore. This mm-hmm. is too hard. Yeah, <laughs> he just kind of abandons it. You give it to that other guy who had more experience. Uh, yeah, the the semi robot dude. Yeah, I can't, I can't be the god of time, fire, and lightning. Something's right, got to right. give, right? <laughs> yeah, but that fire lightning stuff made for a sweet looking cover of the game. So. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, but I, I I do love Mortal Kombat, but we need to move along to Reboot. something weirder. Number four. Uh, it's an NES game. You're beating the shit out of people. Yes, that would be... 
double double dragon. I do it like dragon. doing like double dribble. It's not fair to yeah. double dragon, which <laughs> fucking rules. It does rule, but this is this is one of those is like, man, I'm not sure like what of this can be called reboots. What is a spinoff, and what yeah, is just like it goes off in there, different directions. There are like three distinct double dragon twos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and what the fuck? Yeah. So the there's the original. Arcade games, mm-hmm, which were mm-hmm. one, two, and three, which were all completely different from the NES games that a lot more people played. I yeah. think well, again, one, two, and three. It's all a very straightforward premise. Billy and Jimmy Lee are martial artists who go to rescue Billy's girlfriend Marion from the Black Warriors, Shadow Warriors, whatever they're called. It's a bad guy gang. You fight through the streets. And then in two, like, there's some sort something about, like, a nuclear apocalypse that happens and gangs are still fighting for the city. You had Marion dying in two, but maybe not in the NES version. And then something I want, about... I want a poster of two, like, just a clean fucking poster. I've been looking for that for years. Oh, yeah. Someone to find that original art without all the logos on it. Dude, I would love original art of Double Dragon 2. Yeah. NES cover. Yeah. Um, heavily inspired by the Warriors. They're just like Hell wearing yeah. the sleeveless vests and... Yeah, a bunch of... Shout out to dudes. Low-level homosexuality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but again, like the Warriors are structured like... eroticism. Uh, yeah, well, no one's allowed to have sleeves. That's true. And, and every... Every level you go to has different enemies, like the fucking Warriors, a 1979 movie, mm. building my one of my favorite game formats. And I, I love I love saying this, and I know I say it a lot, just like, the first 10 years of video games, if Aliens came down, like, show me 10 examples of video games, I would have put Double Dragon in there. And boy, has it star fallen as they oh, yeah. attempt to reboot and reboot and reboot. And the reboots were happening so early on. Yeah, well, I think the, the first... One is like what a lot of people used to think of as Double Dragon 4, which was Super Double Dragon, which was both a sequel, but it also had Marion is back in it. And this time around, she's a police officer. That That's where that started, her characterization in later games. She, she got to be more than just Billy's girlfriend or possibly Jimmy's girlfriend that they fight over once they save at the end of Fuck the first that, game. Jimmy for life. Yeah. Uh, I've always been more of a Jimmy fan myself. Uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee, the Lee brothers, are the ones who play as. Uh, it got a spinoff Jimmy, in the form of... Jimmy, your mother's right. Uh, I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it got a spinoff in the form of Battletoads versus Double Dragon. And then things started to get weird. After Super Double Dragon, there was Double Dragon 5, which the original developers and uh, and publishers were not involved with. It was produced in America it was a bad Street Fighter clone, and it was based on this cartoon. To be a dragon, you gotta be strong. Humble, never bragging. Always fight for right, battling wrong with the power of the dragon. Live the code, the code of the dragon. Fight for right, the might of the dragon. With the mark, the mark of the dragon. <laughs> You Michael's like how every rhyme all is his just cartoon the word sound effects, yeah, <laughs> all the way through. At least it wasn't based on the movie starring Scott Wolf and Robert Patrick. You know, you got to know that that game was actually made for the Neo Geo by Technos. Uh, it's, <laughs> it was just called Double Dragon. It was a one-on-one fighting game. The character designs look nothing like the movie characters, but it is allegedly based on the movie. 
Came out in 95. It was okay. <laughs> and, and and sorry, Mark Dacascos fans, yes, yes, I will acknowledge he was also involved in the thing. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best things about that stupid Did, I movie. do need to correct you about one thing earlier. You said this, that Double Dragons are kind of an homage to the Warriors. I, yes. I, yeah, maybe. I personally think there's a lot more Streets of Fire DNA in there, there, there especially is, Pompadour there haircuts. It's, it's just the vests. Like the why vests do they all such have vests and pompadours? Why, why, why was man? Pompadour? you got to show them rip biceps mm-hmm. where you take your enemy out. Yeah. Even when you're punching women. I mean, there's probably advantages in a fight to having sleeveless stuff. I get it. Ryu, it works for Ryu. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. be grabbed, dog. Yeah. Oil yourself up. I mean... What? I always heard, like, oh, if you don't have sleeves, you can extend your arms farther. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Did you always hear that? I did. <laughs> I, I, my, my friends were very into martial arts as when I was. That's a kid. true. There was yeah. that USC VHS period in mm-hmm. my friend group too. Yeah, yeah. What you got to do is the hockey move where you just pull their shirt from the back over their head so you can beat <laughs> yeah. the shit out of them. And they can't or you see just anything. from that same USC period, just pull like a Gracie and wrap them up on the floor and do something boring forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like we we all thought it was going to be like oh, finally mar- real martial artists are fighting. It's going to be like a crazy ass kung fu battle. Like nope, it's going to be two dudes rolling around on the floor for thirty seconds. I saw. Did so, you guys see that story today? Like one of the Gracies is like. Yeah, I'm I'm twelve hundred and zero. I'm undefeated. I've won twelve hundred fights. I'm like, what? 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 That is, that's a lot what? of fights. Dude. Did you win I fought the everyone in the grocery too? store today. I fought everyone at the Ace Hardware. Yeah, this guy's playing Street Fighter <laughs> Six just in his neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so also that that cartoon um, had an, uh, the a Bobo in it as like a blue skinned humanoid, and he sounds exactly like you would imagine a Bobo sounding. Welcome to the Shadow Dojo. James Avery. Where are Marion and my brother? In the shadows where they belong. And he's just throwing oil barrels that happen to be there this whole time. Like he's done. Yeah. Wolfman oh, Jack with you. also there. He's yeah. doing the voice of a Bobo. Wolfman Jack. Yeah, just rocking and rolling. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a fight and there's no oil barrels, mm-hmm. are you really even in a fight? Sure. No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recognize it. I just wouldn't. Baldur's Gate 3 has him. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Where would we be without exploding oil barrels or throwable ones that you can roll? Uh, but I, I think uh, things did look up for Double Dragon for a while. There was the 2012 Double Dragon Neon, the reboot very by good. Way Forward, which did did some cool things. It was like a very conscious 80s throwback. And so if, if I remember right, like when you bought special moves, they would come in the form of tapes. That, cassette tapes and soda, like two yeah. liters of soda. That was, was like synthwave double dragon for sure. Like, yeah. was, can we call that a reboot or was that like a spinoff homage? It's it's hard to know it's where hard. that it, thing it falls acknowledges in even yeah. Bimmy and Jammy are in the yeah, game. Bim, Bimmy them. and Jammy and uh, and who's the Skullmageddon is the new bad guy. It's it's very <laughs> much like its own thing, and that never really got a sequel. But like that, those versions of the characters got spun into River City Girls. So you can kind I was going to ask, is, what's the so connection good. with Kunio Kun games and the big heads and stuff like I that? I think like, they were by this, I want to say they were by the same developers, the Technos. They were, by, they were from Technos. Yeah. And, and I think that all came under Arc System Works. They may have purchased that company yeah. and their belongings. And they've been pretty good about, well, re-releasing the Nino Kuni stuff, but not Nino Kuni. Kunio. The Kuni Kuni. <laughs> um, the but the City Double Dragon stuff. Double Dragon seemed to, to kind of, uh, peter out at four like it was i remember being so excited for that game mm-hmm. double dragon four yeah because they were pulling like the tony hawk five the sonic four 
the the sequel you never got were finally making and like it was deliciously old school 8-bit how many years ago was that using the double dragon uh, 2 nes sprites which is like, that's a 2017 weird yeah 2017 I, i'm sh- this is what i hate complaining about because i'm sure it's different now i have not had so much frame rate and screen tearing issues than with this 8-bit game from five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, the performance issues were awful, but and it made it, it made the game awful to play. But I'm sure you can fix those. I just kind of walked away from the series and haven't looked at it since then. Yeah. Well, I, I think one, one of the things we streamed, we streamed all three versions of Double Dragon 2. Oh, wow. So you, you got to uh, Wander of the Dragons? I think we did it because Dave... It was like, this is being delisted. We can never buy yeah. this again. So this will be like the last record well, on it was, Day of the Wanderers. It was weird because it was like apparently finished in 2010. Or, uh, wow. Whenever it, wait, when did it come out? 2013. So finished in 2011, sat on a shelf for two years. Oh, uh, was released. It was game? a Korean made remake of Double Dragon 2. And it remade both the uh, NES and the arcade versions together. Like wow. we're going to take elements from both, make it into a new game. Uh, it also started off with a prologue where you're playing as Marion, who has re- been recast not only as a police officer, but as a, maybe she wasn't a cop in this version, but she was like the Lee brothers uh, teacher. She was their sensei, which is a little interesting. And then she gets killed off in the first act. And then it's all about her students taking revenge, which, OK, cool. Uh, and then we, the most recent one is Double Dragon Gaiden, which got released, I think, last year. And is a roguelite brawler uh, where you're playing as the Lee Brothers and Marion and a couple other people. You can unlock oh. bosses. And it's pretty good. Like, despite the fact that it looks very cartoony, the characters are very small. It's it's really fun in a River City Ransom kind of way. It doesn't count. It's a side story. It says so right in the name. Yeah, yeah. But, again, it's like, well, like, what what of these are reboots? Like, I, th- I think Double Dragon Neon counts as a reboot. Like, this was a complete stylistic overhaul of the game. Even though it was just its own thing, and then later... It, it was some bizarre, like, Expendables version of the entire Double Dragon canon. It, it kind of <laughs> was. Canon. Yeah. I just saw... There's a Double Dragon collection that came out a few months ago. But what What the... I never heard of this. Is this even out? I don't know. There's a Japanese website, like, Super Double Dragon and Double Dragon Advance. It's in here. It's one-third of the package, like... Not that exciting, but what? <laughs> I, I love buying those collections, especially for Switch. Yeah, looking it up, I guess it's uh, 1, 2, and 3, the NES versions, 4, Super, and Advance. But it doesn't have Double Dragon Neon, which has songs like this. All my enemies gonna get rocked, like the way Woo-hoo-hoo! I'm gonna do is unlocked. But this rise up, make you hurt a bunch, when I hit you in the face with the one-inch punch. And then it a just rap, repeats. A rap, a riggedy rap, rap. But we sound distinct enough from the Beastie Boys no, that you won't it, try to sue us and make some noise. <laughs> it's a credible <laughs> impression, I think. Uh, anyway, Double Dragon all over the place. This next one, it's a lot less disputable whether or not these are reboots or not. Number three. Oh. Mein Leben. Mein Leben. Everybody Boy, knows Leben. that sound. Wolfenstein. That sound emanated from every school computer you ever sat at in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wolfenstein. Yeah, Wolfenstein. I don't know why. I remember that. Remember on our old podcast, God, this is so long ago, we tried to find every single mainstream video game reference and intro every show with it, and we would run out. 
because there was not that many game video game references in movies. But Ugly Betty, Lucy Liu, pronounces Wolfenstein as Wolfenstein over and over and over again. And it just makes me cringe every time I think of it. And she even, like, stop saying that. Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. Like, you said it wrong four times in a row like Beetlejuice. This sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein may have it's like a Mario Mario situation mm-hmm. over here, I guess. Not a hu- not a big success rate, but, like, quality-wise, these were always very well-reviewed. Yeah. That's what's wild, is I've liked every Wolfenstein reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, going back to uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah. It, first time, most- one of the first console multiplayer shooter experiences I can remember that to, that I was playing on Xbox Live. Uh, oh, the uh, 2009 oh. Raven Software reboot that added all the weird occult shit that they then carried over yeah. into the future games and had the weird hub... Had like right. a hub world map where you would go off on missions from this this kind of cool hub yeah, thing, and then and then village. the most recent Bethesda games. Wolfenstein 3D. What I just played was actually the first reboot because the yeah. original games, of wow. course, were made by Silas Warner and Muse Software in the early. Gotta kill Hitler again, man. We got to get yeah. Hitler back in the picture. In the early, well, it wasn't even that ambitious. It was just like you're a prisoner of war in a prison castle, and you've got to escape. And it was very stealthy. It was you know. You were trying to sneak past guards and put on enemy uniforms, and basically you would only kill as a last resort. Unfortunately, uh, as longtime listeners of the podcast know, it sounded like this. Uh, that is you oh my being accosted by and shooting a guard. That, that sounds sounded like, like screen tear. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like when we go to break. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. get scratching. It sounds like that that one yell that comes out in the intro of Sonic Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> the intro. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, oh, but anyway, tails flies into the screen. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize uh, Wolfenstein 3D that the original plan for that was much more ambitious than like let's invent third person or first person shooters. It was we were gonna resurrect the gameplay of the old Wolfenstein games because we love those. It's going to be stealthy. You're going to have to drag bodies around. And that what they found was that, like, that stuff is not fun and it slows the game down so much. The game is yep. at its most fun when you're just moving fast and wrecking shit. And yep. so, like, that was it discovering their formula that they would perfect in Doom. Uh, but, yeah, just... Just move fast, find guns, find shit, wreck shit. I mean, which Bethesda had to rediscover because in the recent reboots, you can play those games stealthily. Like there is, mm-hmm. they theoretically reward you. Like if you can find the like sergeant in a group of enemies, and that this is to do with the radio and take him out. Right, yeah, fewer enemies will respawn when you then go on your murder spree. But like, no, it wasn't fun to play that way. And they gave you that option, like, yeah, just just double fist guns and, and kill everybody, and you'll probably be fine. There's plenty of power ups lying around here. Eat some food, and you'll you'll regain your health. And it's like, every time I played those games, I'm like, I had to remind myself, just don't do the stealth shit. Just go in, run and gun. That is yeah. how Wolfenstein should it's, be played. That's it's more fun that way. Yeah, um, way more fun. So yeah, Wolfenstein 3D in '92 basically invented first person shooters as we know them, or at least popularized them. Uh, mm-hmm. Return to Castle Wolfenstein came along nine years later in 2001 and was a... Wow, it feels like so much yeah, longer yeah. in between there, but mm-hmm. it totally isn't. Story-driven reboot where you're trying to stop the SS from resurrecting some ancient German warlord, some with, like, a bunch of weird occult shit in that. Uh, with decent multiplayer. 
Like, do you guys uh, remember uh, what was cool about the multiplayer? Like it was sort of class newer. based. Class based. Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be a medic. Was I'm that going to be? Mm-hmm. Was that in Return or was that in Enemy Territory? Because Enemy Territory, I think, was the standard. No, I think it's 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 from the beginning. Because like huh? I remember yeah. getting, on, I was kind of hungry for live games on Xbox because there just mm-hmm. wasn't that many, and this was like the biggest shooter that year. Yep, that was, was a big that, time. Online multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, Return to Wolfenstein also introduced uh, Wilhelm Deathsheadstrasse, the who be, would become like the main villain for the, oh, the following game, two thousand nine Wolfenstein. The it's it's sort of a sequel, sort of a reboot, the Raven Software one. And then he was also still around in the New New Order, which was an alternate timeline reboot where like the Nazis win World War Two and. You're in the 60s, and they, they have, like, weird machines and occult shit that you need to blow up and save the world, and it's it's super cool. I just um, want to point out the end of his... His name just means Death's Head Street. Straza is just German <laughs> for street. Like, what? Like, someone clearly just like, hey, that sounds German. It's like, yeah, it's because it's the end of every road you go on when you're in Germany. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the minor key version of the Baker Street saxophone solo. It's uh, Death's Head Street. It's the Hitler version of Dusty Rhodes, baby. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, well, the, the... Matt is ashamed of me for some reason. Wow. I oh, no, what it's, you're making it the worst part, not to digress too much, the worst part of the Iron Claw is the guy they got to play, Ric Flair, who clearly Ooh. had never seen a Ric Flair promo. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't do the lisp, doesn't do Ric Flair, and then when he goes to do the woo, he doesn't do the woo... He like screams yeah. woo. He's like that guy that goes yeah 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 in that video game with recently. Remember that we were like, uh, do you mean yeah 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 oh, yeah? Right. Anyway. yeah in Star Wars. Like, yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. How did we it's get like, to the Iron Claw? Uh, oh, because of uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, yeah. okay. baby. Son of a Dusty Rhodes, baby. That's American Dream, Michael. How do you not know about Dusty Rhodes? Yeah, uh, I'm the only non wrestling fan, as you often forget. Somebody show him a picture of Sapphire. <laughs> hard right now. That's hard times, Michael. Hard times, Daddy. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one thing I really liked about the machine games, Wolfenstein, they were fun in a weird way. And like, they imagined this alternate universe where like, not only did the Nazis take over, but we're going to imagine like what day to day life would be like in that world. What, what's yeah. pop culture look like? The rock and roll still happens, but now it's all in German and it's weird and, uh, yeah, it's like, it's Nazi-approved rock and roll. and uh, I, I believe Conan O'Brien's original show had a piece where their game show was based on whether the things on your counters were at exact right angles and you'd be eaten by dogs if your <laughs> lamp was... <laughs> okay. Stackenblocken was the name of it. Look it up, kids. Mm. Stackenblocken. <laughs> it's nice, Stackenblocken! You get but slapped I, yeah, in the face. No, I, I do love the slight tweaks they did of, like, instead of... Being as American as apple pie, it's like we're going to get some apple strusel and mm. Uh, mm. you know a Coca Cola yeah. with the soda in- fountain. Instead of the Beatles, they have okay. Decafer, okay. who are the, this band who do, do like Mond Mond Ya Ya, which is like a, a remix version of Twist and Shout. I think I want to have ge- I want to hold your genetically superior children. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Mein Kleiner Valve instead of uh, <laughs> Little Deuce Coop. I think. <laughs> Valve is VW in German. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. I thought it was a lady part. <laughs> I, I bet you, you did. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, these games also really upped the gore factor, which was a lot of fun. You are going to answer that question in a way I find satisfactory. And if you do not, I will saw your head off with this here appliance. You hear me? 
So here it comes. Where are you people keeping the captured resistance fighters? I'm sure. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no resistance! Was zur Hölle mit dir und deinem verdammten Widerstand? Uh, chainsaw interrogation commences. What happens next? Come on, <laughs> he be... screams a bunch, and uh, BJ advances on him in a menacing fashion, wearing a leather mm. apron. Yeah, no, I do do love the reboots. Love mm-hmm. the the this portrayal of BJ, which is like, yeah, he's southern, mm-hmm. but he's half Jewish, yeah. and so he really, really hates those Nazis. Not and, just but he's, he's... not just southern, extremely Texan. Yeah. Well, he sounds like Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. from that movie. Buongiorno. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, it's a great series, and I don't know what's going on with it, to be honest, because they yeah. did they did the Young Blood, which isn't a reboot, but it was like a yeah. spinoff of like here's his daughters. It was and... it was supposed to be like here's the interquel before we give you the finale of this yeah. series, and that never and what's happened. going on? But uh, probably my maybe covid derailed it I if i know. if i had to pick a favorite portrayal of hitler boys i mean come on can you really choose but like the portrayal Downfall. of hitler in these reboot games is yeah. sick and twisted and just he's like, like he's like dying right in front of you and but you're like i don't feel sorry for him at all he's, he's, he's a himself. bitter little old man who pisses in a champagne bucket in yes. front of everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it. it's the weirdest portrayal of hitler ever but it's like mm-hmm. yeah Fine. So, so yeah, the last two games in the series were uh, Youngblood and Cyberpilot. I think Cyberpilot is the VR one. Those both came out in 2019. What? This is the first I've ever heard of that thing. Yeah. So so I'm guessing uh, COVID might have had something to do with the fact that we haven't seen a new one since development would have started in the following year. And the following Mm. year was kind of fucked. Side note, we now know they're working on an Indiana Jones game. We didn't when we recorded this. Oh, well. It's interesting. I, I, I Can't you just see that with a Microsoft acquisition? That's kind of one of the series that gets lost in the shuffle. Oh, yeah. Just it's, it's not the most popular Bethesda series. and ugh. Yeah, I wonder what happened with sales uh, of that, of the last one. I'll be honest. I, I've had a rough time. I wanted to love every of those Bethesda Wolfenstein's more than I do. Mm-hmm. I find them to be incredibly frustrating shooters, but have fun narrative well, elements. Youngblood, especially because it was you know meant to be played co-op, and so like mm-hmm. the checkpoints were at least when I played it were very ungenerous, and so you had this you know if if you weren't playing with a partner, you had a computer controlled character as your partner, and every time they would get killed, it would eat into your stock of lives. So um, I remember like getting to the boss of like a really long ass level and uh, dying in the middle of that fight because my partner kept dying and just like, yeah, I don't I don't really want to play this whole level over right now. I'm going to go do something else and never came back to it. Which You know, the game <laughs> yeah. was really good aside from that, but it's good. I, yeah. I like the way it wrapped up. But uh, yeah, it's it, I think they did patch that out to make it a bit easier yeah. on you if you that, had to play solo that sounds familiar anyway let's move along to what i know matt's been waiting for this whole time number two i swear to god well you have my total attention now i'm not quite sure if i've got yours though 
Hello? I'll heal and hide you to a barn door yet. Of course. You and that driveling piece of the ski on. You want to keep it so bad, I'll harness it right up your... Wait. We're talking about the artifact here? Damn straight we are. Right up. Hold on. I'm sorry. This piece, you say? Where's the rest? Ah, it's a British woman who's concerned about artifacts. What could this be? She's probably uh, pissed off if you call her Laura instead of Lara mm-hmm. Croft. This yeah. is Laura? The tomb. the tomb's Laura raider. Croft. The tomb's raider, yeah. man. Tomb's raider. Raiding tombs them raider. tombs. Tomb's raider. I yeah. mean, that's why it's named that. She literally used to, did it's that true. a lot more in previous Tell you games. what, it ain't no relic hunter. I'll take Tia Carrera any day <laughs> over Laura Croft. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tomb Raider, two reboots, actually. Not just the, hmm. the one everybody remembers where like oh it's a yeah. we'll reset the whole character and you know make her beat her of, up a lot yeah beat her up a lot <laughs> make her really scared uh and so she can rise to become the laura croft we all know in rise of the tomb raider yada yada uh before we get there though so we had the original one two three and then the last revelation and then chronicles and i remember reviewers were starting to say like these games have not changed Yep. Anything significant since two, like the, it, it feels like playing expansions. They need to do something new and shake this up. They tried to do Oof. that with Angel of Darkness, the PS2 game. Oh, we we streamed that. Ugh. I don't want to say recently, but semi recently, and boy, does that hold up like fucking milk. It it is <laughs> really really bad. And I, I don't. I only speculate. Like Laura's position as someone who's like you know Lady Indiana Jones and has some altruistic motive isn't the same like was it trying to capture the the metal gear solid siphon filtery mm. feeling of the moment by making her a like leather clad spy like it's it's and it's so so boring it is so half baked as a game it fucking sucks it's the worst tomb raider that's ever existed wow yeah so angel of darkness it did it didn't do well people kind of thought that the franchise was sunk along comes the first reboot in 2006 to save the franchise you have disrespected me you have broken into my house you have killed my men i've simplified your payroll and now if you don't mind i'll streamline your inventory Ooh, uh tomb raider legend of course was a a complete reinvention of everything that tomb raider did the gameplay the the character and it was just like hey this is fun again this is new and exciting and interesting and that got a remake of the first game tomb raider anniversary and then tomb raider underworld which i believe was kind of criticized for like hey you're kind of keeping like the real ending locked behind dlc what's up with that Mm. uh but it was it was a very pretty game for its time and then of course 2013, you got um, what I've I've heard referred to as the Survivor series. Lana, we need to send out that SOS, and I'm not climbing anytime soon. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. You can do it, Laura. After all, you're a Croft. I don't think I'm that kind of Croft. Sure, you are. just don't know it yet oh meaningful music sting uh 
Yes. Let me tell you something, brother. There's only one Survivor Series that's official, dude. You can't call more, that the Survivor Series. I set myself up for that. Uh, but yeah, they were they were much more survival e ish games. Um, they they sort of reinvented the gameplay, so it's more of a Metroidvania. But like where your new guns are your tickets to new areas. Like if you remember like, oh, you got the shotgun mm-hmm. and now you can blast those ropey looking barriers that were keeping you out of certain areas before. And, uh, and like it was it was just a really cool exploration game that, again, revitalized the series, which was you yeah, know, already getting dynamics. Do they do legend or do they start with? the 2013 reboot. Yes, yeah, it was Crystal Dynamics that did Legend. But I, this might have been the first one under their new publisher, Daddy Square, which mm, yes. in a few years from now will be weird to talk about how Square had the Tomb Raider series for a while and made some of the best games ever and sold the entire franchise for like a million dollars. Did Square sell off everything I everything. at this point? That's all yes. gone, right? All it's all embraced? Stuff. It's all been embraced? Oh, no. Yes, uh, has it a lot? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's I, I, well, I think they did. They sell the Hitman IP back to the Hitman people. Oh, I yeah. think they got. Yeah, they're they're independent, but I think yeah. everything else is technically property of Embracer Group. And Eesh. be prepared to get it even cheaper. We should start, probably start pooling our money together. What's <laughs> wild is you can almost attribute a lot of that to one game, which was Crystal Dynamics working on. The, the Avengers game like it was mm-hmm. really just that not meeting it's let's be honest very lofty uh, expectations and goals by corporate and it's like yeah now now they are under a different umbrella let's let's hope I mean, they I continue to keep making games or, I could you know. not think about it than seeing all that Suicide Squad news last week we're like yeah we can make big triple A IP in a triple A game as long as we have an extended destiny esque currency system in every single one of them forever and ever and like man people just want to pick this up and play it every once in a while not like make a hobby out of it mm-hmm. what's wrong with you or, or like the, this reboot it was like they're good 20 30 hour games they're very big games and this series followed kind of a similar trajectory to me as the Batman games like mm-hmm. I thought the two, 2013 reboot was really good I liked Rise a lot more. Like Rise was mm. like Arkham City to me, and mm-hmm. then Shadow eh, wasn't as good. It was still fine, it, but like it, it, its big punch was narrative, like the the story and the gameplay was. At least I never got to where it did anything very interesting. It was, and I played them very close together. So Shadow, I just didn't fall for it as much. Didn't as I Shadow did its new thing was like predator mud? It was yeah, like yeah, the Mars got mud all mud. over. Yeah. <laughs> this is someone's fetish for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know for me it was kind of diminishing returns like i i i've heard people say over and over again rise is fantastic rise is the best game in the series i've tried to play it multiple times and it just never clicks for me like mm. i i just well, never I can can stay with it that the first 2013 game like i could not stop playing that i couldn't put it down like i still rem- vividly remember certain parts of it it's just like oh man this was this it's, is amazing. it's the last game i can remember and maybe this is just ago. from being in california seeing more than one billboard for it on the way to work <laughs> like wow. what game has oh, been yeah, that they, big they did a big campaign for that game yeah. for sure mm-hmm. yeah do you still put games on billboard out there in uh, los angeles maddie yeah you can yeah it's you know it gets very expensive when you start talking multiple markets, but certainly yeah. I've, Can I've you recall it. the last one you you've seen? Because it just video game billboards was like just a total not East Coast thing. 
was, uh, well, there's one company that definitely does it all over the place. So Rockstar will do it around every Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. game. You'll you'll see a ton oh, of yeah. Auto Home throughout L.A., New York, all the big. I remember they, they bought every bus in San Francisco. It was like yeah. covered in Grand Theft. I that was Grand like Theft right, Auto was sort of known for it, you know. And, that was so fun because Michael and I were like, you know, we were like one of a couple dozen people to play that game early. And I get back to San Francisco and like play this game in a month, and I'm looking at every bus and like motherfucker, I already have, even though I hadn't. Even <laughs> I remember how much of a sort of a wake up call it was to me just moving from LA area to the Bay area and not seeing many movie billboards. Movie billboards mm-hmm. are everywhere in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, and they're really True. not they're they're not that common in the Bay area at least. So. Industry town, yeah. Yeah, uh, still remember yep, seeing that. a big Mortal Kombat billboard when I was there in 2011 for the reboot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, a lot of the secret to why they're there. It's yeah, they Flex. people will buy them on their on their CEO's drive home, so that mm-hmm. make sure that he yep. sees that thing, baby. Look at that! Look at all that marketing my company's yeah, doing. I, I remember hearing Mark Marin say in an interview, he's like, "I don't know why, but I, I made that part of my contract negotiation. Like, I I want a billboard for the show. If I'm going to do another season, give me a billboard. It's I live here. I want to see it." I just, whenever you drive down like Buena Vista, which is like where Disney Studios, it's like, mm. wow, every bus stop here is an ad for a Disney movie. I wonder why that's happening. Can't mm-hmm. imagine. <laughs> Sounds like an inventory problem. You. All right. Well, let's wrap this up with. The princess fell in love with a young traveler. <laughs> Climbed the palace wall to see her. This did not please the Sultan's Grand Vizier Jafar, who meant to marry the princess himself. When did Prince of Persia go Rankin Bass narrated seventies movie, dude? That was uh, with Prince of Persia too. Actually, that's the uh, the the voiced version of the opening cutscene. I think the Sega CD version is voiced. The Sega CD version sounds like this: Free the princess and leave this place forever. <laughs> you have the audacity to give me orders. How amusing. Very well then, brave young hero. But first, you must fight me. I'm ready. Yah! Yah! <laughs> you heard it. Kneel before Baron Von One Take. You heard the man. You have the free podcast software to defy me. The audacity. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> do we make a video game with sound or a dirty Christmas album? What do we do? We have all this equipment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. So yeah, Prince of Persia, um, as I said at the top of the show, is now on its third reboot. So yes, you had the original original series. It really depends on where you want to classify it, yeah. Yeah, the original series by Jordan McNair, Prince of Persia 1, where you had, uh, it was a side-scroller where you had one hour to get through this elaborate trap-filled dungeon. Prettiest fucking side-scroller I'd ever seen from the biggest software organization in the world broder bun yes also on max wasn't it it was yes, like big yeah. on max one, yeah. one of the best versions was on max but it was it was originally for apple too and it was kind of a technical marvel mm-hmm. for that that ancient ass computer from 40 years ago I, I don't want to tell anybody what to do but we need to shake dan amrick and chris kohler by the shoulders and i really would like to see a mechner masterworks from digital clips on Prince of Persia 1 in its various ports, because people forget how amazing that fucking game was. 
Yeah. I, I wonder if that just boils down to a rights issue. Like, I mean, know, I, Broderbund published the originals, but now Ubisoft owns it, so do, do they have to go get Ubisoft? Why not play along? It's not, it's not something like Ubisoft would make on its own, like, take a percentage. Tell your bosses. I, I would love to see that. I, I agree. That would be pretty cool. I would like to when see When I that. watch all that stuff on Karateka, like, I never saw Karateka, but I saw Prince of Persia, which a lot of those achievements and a lot of those milestones were... Uh, built upon and it, it floored me immediately but i love prince of persia mm-hmm. yeah pop pop so that okay so you were going sorry you were going through the reboot so there was the originals like apple II era yeah let's so call App, it. apple II era up up until max uh and were then, there sequels in that where there was there like yes, a prince of yeah persia so there was there was prince of persia 2 the shadow and the flame where prin- the prince goes out of the dungeon and has to sail away because oh. he uh jafar takes his place and and mimics his likeness to to gain the princess's trust and, and so then iago attacked him and that yeah. damn bird so was he, so he, hard to- he has to flee <laughs> and find the thing to break jafar's dog. power and come back <laughs> and uh then prince of persia 3d which most Ooh. people have forgotten about, which was like a Dreamcast game and does not have a great reputation. I think it was is that a, is that a two and a half D pop? No, it was a three D pop. It was in the Tomb Raider era. Is it ah. the last one Mechner worked on? I think no, he worked on Sands of Time, which was okay. the first reboot, which of course gave us this. Most people think time is like a river that flows swift and sure in one direction, but I have seen the face of time, and I can tell you. They are wrong. Time is an ocean in a storm. You may wonder who I am and why I say this. Sit down, and I will tell you a tale like none that you have ever heard. With I a- call bullshit on that, man. Everybody knows time's like a flat circle. Mm-hmm. All right. Tenth anniversary of True Detective now in its fourth new season. season. <laughs> new season. <Yeah. laughs> Shouldn't move slower than Venture Brothers. Good yeah, Lord. what the fuck? You, you think you are the BBC? Yeah. You can't do this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Sands of Time, the one everybody loves, that was the first reboot. And Jordan Mechner was involved with that, at least the, the first game. That got its own sequels, Warrior Within, The Two Thrones. And uh, the God's later Mac Forgotten version. Sands, which was an interquel between Sands of Time and Warrior Within. And then it also had its second reboot in 2008 that sounded like this. This land was built to keep Ahriman here. These areas feed the temple with life energy. The temple feeds the tree. We have to stop him. We have to get out of here. Fine, run. But you're not going to get very far. Oh, I was on my way home. I had more gold than you could... I'd have had wine, women, I'd have had carpets this thick. Now I'm stuck with an angry god and a crazy woman. All right. Which one of these things do we need to do whatever to? So, yes, says Nolan North as a new prince. And then pop, pop. This is the kind of cell shady looking one. Yes. That and that's what I really sort of a colored. No offense to Prince of Persia, which is really a great series that I've loved almost every iteration of. It is the most colorful one. It is it yeah. is very, very pretty. Like, more greens, more reds, more Christmas. Maybe up until this current one. This current one's pretty colorful. Yeah. It still, like, uses its old-timey Arabian flavor. Like, just... I mean, there's lots of tans in this one. I'm looking at screenshots of 2008. Mm. Light blues and tans. No, it gets it gets hella green and purple and weird. And weird. It's like the yeah. most colorful well, Prince of Persia. Well, like, it's, it has some interesting things going for it. It was open world. 
And mm-hmm. the whole structure was like you would move into an area and uh, it would be like taken over by this curse. So you'd fight to dispel the curse and, you know, revitalize the land. And like that was just the beginning of your experience in that area because like, okay, now it's opened up a whole bunch of new puzzles and other things. And uh, it was a lot of just like really top notch platforming and uh, parkour. And it was it was a lot of fun. Parkour. Yeah. So now we have Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, the third reboot. And uh, it is it is very much its own thing, but I guess we can talk about it more in it's the new releases. Awesome. Is, is it a reboot or a guide in because it's it doesn't start? You don't play as the prince. The reboot. Story, right? Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a reboot because it's you know there's there's a number of things that it uh, it does not connect with the story of the previous games. Yeah. It it embraces Persian culture much more than previous games in the series have. Like it, it references Persian mythology and history. Uh, we have a, again a, an Iranian-born composer who did a bunch of the the music. Like you can I, see I, the Persian statuary and art all over the place. The as someone who's played and loved most of the Prince of Persia games, mm-hmm. um, I uh, don't care about the story at all. <laughs> Wait, I'm just uh, saying, if you that, do, that's important. Like, I, I, I know, but I, are you, as an immortal, one of the, the bad guys from the movie 300, the, like, yes, the super assassin Sa- Same immortals. Shit. Same definitely. immortals. But here, uh, here yeah. they're like the Avengers. It's like a small squad of like, yeah. you know, super soldiers that come on. But also, the, the like, they have the, the eagle ass. king guy from Flash Gordon is, is one of the characters in there. Orso, or whatever his name is. is, uh, is it or- the, well, the, just, the big just, guy. The big guy reminds me of... Yeah. I'm, I'm I think what what suddenly blanking on his name. Uh, what's interesting is that Orode, what most Orode. people Orode. recognize as Prince of Persia mm-hmm. is those the Ubisoft trilogy slash Forgotten Sands. That's all in like a four year period, and then done forever. It just feels very strange that that, that beloved series existed in this very very small window. Very small window. They were annual sequels for the most part. There's that, yeah, and there's that whole convoluted history of like Assassin's Creed, and there was mm-hmm. like the first Assassin's Creed came out a, around a similar time as the original mm-hmm. per- Prince of Persia, right? And it's I don't know how much of this Michael can, is known so publicly. It's no. it's known that Assassin's Creed, the first one, was started as a Prince of Persia sequel that was going to be called Prince of Persia Assassin. Where you did not play as the prince, you played as an assassin who had to follow and protect the prince, which is mm-hmm. kind of what a little bit of what the plot of uh, Lost Crown is. That like the, the yeah. prince is yeah. kidnapped, and you, as Sargon, one of the immortals, has to journey to the mountain where he's been kidnapped to and find him and rescue him. And uh, spoilers: something bad happens to the prince early on. But hey, this this mountain's under a time curse. Pretty much anything can happen or be undone or whatever. So uh, let's let's see where the story goes. It's true. Oh well, let's talk about it in the next. Yeah, episode. let's uh, let's wind. Oh this my down god! For Someone now. in the L- I got to give a shout out. Ivan Williams in the LTC just posted a picture of Double Dragon Two Chinese restaurants. <laughs> like, how did he know? How did he know we were talking about this <laughs> as we record this two days before he'll hear it? You wow. read our minds. Amazing. Yeah, so let's let's wind this down, and that was our top five. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, guess what, more Prince of Persia, uh, hot, hot. plus some news and some other stuff, so stay tuned. Der Mond schaut uns an und wir zurück. Der Mond ist düster. 
über uns wird uns gehören. Gestern die Welt und heute der Himmel, denn uns gehört er und die Freiheit fliegt. Mond, Mond, ja, ja, vereint wir sind unter dem großen Forscher. Mond, Mond, ja, ja, heute gehört uns die Galaxie. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Because we both wanted to talk about this and the holidays got in the way, but Godzilla Minus One rocked both our worlds, did it not? Oh, dude, it, it's. I, I went into it assuming I would like it. Um, I did not go into it assuming it was going to probably be the best Godzilla movie ever. You're not wrong, according to box office or critics. It is yeah, it's pretty. It's insane. doing pretty insane right now, and we're going to un- dig into more of that. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash LaserTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we will waste no time making stupid jokes that just belabor the point. It is necessary for me to play this sound effect. It's funnier every time he does it. Mm-hmm. I disagree. <laughs> 558 times a charm. <laughs> so, uh, trying to carry the trend of a new format and in, in, in having fives of things. There are not five new releases no. this week, though. But there will, there will only be five news stories and five comments folks just, just laying it out up front so. all right well there's one new release that we've talked about some already but now yes. we can just go completely nuts for yes yeah so prince of persia the lost crown is Excellent. finally out uh for me this has been a fantastic journey is i i got to see it early last year and man was i taken with it and like just Really kind of shifting from one foot to the other for months, being like, people are going to like this when it gets revealed. I can't wait to see what people think about it. And now the game is out. The reviews are out. It's getting it's doing quite well, quite well yep. with critics. Uh, I, I think I, it's got I, didn't, an- I didn't I didn't bother Michael for any information, nor did he offer it. Full disclosure, I don't work anywhere. Uh, but, but especially I, not here. I, I did talk to people who had played preview sessions. Like this is fucking rad. This is very very good. And I would relate. And like Michael's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's sitting it's sitting at an eighty six on Metacritic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take that for what it's. Whereas my Which, my beloved Mean Girls only sitting at a fifty eight. What yeah, the hell? Well, people, I, I for whatever reason in the last couple years, like eighty six on Metacritic used to be like. <laughs> But there has been, like, an explosion of outlets that, like, score lower in general now. So eighty mid-80s means, like, yeah, most of the big outlets would probably give this a 9 or a 10. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah. like, Tears of the Kingdom was in the 80s. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder to get in the 9s on Metacritic, yeah. it feels like. But to know this one is deservedly so. It's the only, only thing it's lacking, Michael. I like my Metroidvanias with more... Orson Scott card. <laughs> like, what the you do? <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's why he likes really Ori don't. in the Blind Forest. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't mind more Shadow Complex 
Yeah. Didn't, yeah, Shad- didn't care. You, you did just remind me, like, yeah, Shadow Complex did kind of kickstart the whole 2.5D yeah, Metroidvania but- revival. Like, we can still do this kind of game even in an era of 3D. I'm still mm-hmm. calling bullshit on that because everything in here is much more intricate than anything in those games. This including is Up this to is- and including the, the melee combat. Yeah, and the this is way more combat yeah, focused I, than most Metroidvanias. Yeah, the, a lot of I've I've played a lot of Metroidvanias, and very few of them have combat as elaborate as this, as fast and as fluid as this. That lets you do this much cool stuff. It's awesome. Like I I have always kind of thought of it as like this is like a two D or, or Devil May Cry, where like everything is just really tight one move naturally flows into another you can smack enemies into the air and juggle them and you can keep mm-hmm. the combos going for for quite great some time. tutorial like, system too yeah, like I, there was all the stuff it. i didn't the know tu- i could do t- tutorials are great and i i will say like so in like the the market area where there's like a couple vendors in the lost crown the haven the haven please. yes uh but there there's a guy named artaban who offers you tutorials and each tutorial you finish gets you 50 time crystals, which yeah, are the currency in this game. That's a pretty good incentive. Or more. But the thing is, like, don't sleep on the tutorials because they will teach you how to do cool stuff yeah. you wouldn't think to do normally. Yeah. It's not just yeah. the basics. You don't have time abilities, but there's no indication that you can do that thing where you rewind your position and recharge your move instantly. <laughs> Instantly, mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. You until sort that of have told- time abilities. You have that like slipstream where when you jump, it's like, oh, you're out of time, and that's how you're able to scramble midair. Yeah, to yeah. places, and, and you do the little wall run animation when you dash. But I, I'm talking like even even just the basics of that tutorial system yeah. are like, oh, yeah. hey, you know how you could normally do a three hit combo? Well, if you start out crouching. Yes. Do the first hit crouching, then you can stand up and do a three-hit combo after that, so you get a four-hit combo. Then yeah. when your enemy flies back, you do a dash into them, you deliver another three hits, yep. they fly off again, you shoot an arrow into them that bounces them, and you can jump over to them again and extend the combo three more hits. Like, it's great! It's And it's stuff I thought was locked off to me when I, like, and then I just played the tutorial i'm like oh i could have been doing most of this other than the bow stuff yeah in the beginning this, this entire time and i just hadn't i hadn't bothered to learn the combat and, and it is one of those where i'm like yeah that's great that you're showing me all those things i'm just gonna mash the x button five times in a row probably and, and which you, can, is you can play that that way too that's fine yeah but but like yeah with very little effort i found it lets you do some like really elaborate acrobatic stuff that feels really really good that yeah. shit i feel is more helpful at crowd management because like otherwise if i'm one-on-one kind of the way i'm engaging more with the combat is the parry system i I do feel like they they incentivize you heavily like no you you should be parrying at least in single like when you're when you have like three enemies around you and they're all hitting at once it's really tough to to get all your parries to time them correctly because it's the timing window is pretty narrow on on Mm -hmm. the parry and maybe that's just a difficulty but eventually all those aura things will be things to disperse crowds around you and, and my, no, no, my, no, only, my only abilities. my only slide against the game is that I loved it so much. I'm pretty OP at this moment where, like, I don't even need to parry because if this guy gets – he may parry, get one parry, hit on me. Parry, parry. Uh, I, he may get one hit on me, and I'll, I'll, I'll obliterate him. I'm so powerful. I can absorb mm. so much damage. I have, like, ten life blocks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. you're, you're really far in there. I, I, I can't express how – the biggest compliment I can give this game – it never feels like a throwback to anything. 
it no. may be a, a 2D it, game, but it is a better experience than The Last Prince of Persia it, I played. It is a very, very modern game. I will it say that. feels like a slight throwback to a very recent game that very few people, I think, played that I really loved. Is you guys remember that Strider reboot that came yeah. out yeah. at the beginning of Xbox? No, I don't remember that game. I worked on for two years. <laughs> excellent <laughs> Metroidvania <laughs> with excellent combat, and this at times like totally channels the same vibe for me. And I'm like, I, I loved that game. So for me, that that's a this is way better than that. But but uh, you're right. It, it is the most like that as far as a 2D game goes. Um, I hope it gets the love it deserves because, you know, I know it's probably some youngs or some olds that like, this looks old. It's not, dude. It is a different kind of experience. And what, yeah. one of my favorite things about it is all the cutscenes are in the game and you can see how detailed everything is in those cutscenes that you are you would never notice in the course of gameplay. It is <laughs> very, very pretty and detailed that they, that especially they can do in in in-engine cutscenes during those sequences. Like, I had no idea you could see this dude's mustache hairs because I'm usually, like, 100 feet away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. They, yeah, the character models are very detailed, although you usually see them at a, a distance. Yeah, no, but no load times either for anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had- my concern with this has always kind of been that, like, you know, I'm I'm glad that they put out the demo because, like, I know what gamers are like. I know that people are going to be like, yeah, this isn't what I was hoping for. These aren't the characters I remember. This isn't the style of gameplay. So, you know, and maybe maybe I'll give this one a pass, and I will say do not give it a pass. Like, even if you're not that big a fan of Metroidvanias, like, this is just a fantastic action game. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. E- even when you're backtracking, it's a f- it's fucking delightful, because you're always getting new powers and the only the only slight i saw that I saw pc gamers like the first 10 hours were boring what the hell and like no they weren't and then i'm like oh that's when you get the double jump when you become this lethal acrobat forever mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the game like right before we started recording have you played the impossible climb stage yet michael i'm not sure uh mm. it's way up at the top right and it's just hard as oh, fuck. Oh, is that the Tower of Silence? Uh, it's where the, you gotta collect three bells area. without dying, without uh, getting hit by anything. Mm. And it is... There are some incredible challenges in here, and you just realize, like, oh, I'm having a hard time with this. There's three moves you're not using. Three moves, because you keep forgetting how many things you can do in this game. You have so many mm-hmm. powers. You can absorb, you can teleport, you can rewind, you can parry, you can dodge, you can... Parry. Perry, you can you can uh, drift, and I didn't. I haven't even mentioned the attack button yet. It's incredible, um, and and keeping it on a two D plane helps you feel like way more of a badass. I don't know why I was thinking about Dust Force earlier, but just like God, that game was well, it's it's a it's fun. a similar kind of platformer where like you know you're you're navigating really treacherous areas that don't leave a lot of room for error, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I actually uh, got to talk to the game director and mm. uh there's an interview that uh that i wrote up and is in xbox wire news.xbox.com mm-hmm. where he he talks about a lot of the stuff and one thing that made i thought was really interesting so this is the team that did the rayman origins and rayman legends those games and one thing from those games that you might remember if you played was them was the skull coins, which like mm-hmm. are these floating coins that are like usually around some really dangerous thing. And so you have to kind of go out of your way and go through this trap filled gauntlet in order to claim them. 
And Prince of Persia has something similar yeah. in the Xerxes coins. Then you got to bring them back, baby. Yeah, you got to you got to not only grab them and navigate through these traps, you have to land in order to claim them successfully or they go back to where you found them. Yeah. And uh so I was talking to the game director and saying like, you know, it has the team what is the appeal for the developers of creating these kind of very tight platformer challenges? And he said, like, well, we give players a lot of tools in this. And with these tools, you can play a lot of areas kind of however you like. There's there's a lot of flexibility. And these areas are sort of our way of exercising some control. Like, we are creating a piece of, like, a musical notation for players to follow exactly. And by narrowing down their options and giving them these very, you know, narrow challenges, we are sort of saying, like, here, here's how you play as intended. We'll show mm. you the path that we want you to take and how we want you to get there. And then you just have to have the skills to pull it off. Um, hmm. it, it, so I thought it's that was one really of those, interesting. Those games that makes me feel like a god when I accomplish those mm -hmm. things correctly. Yeah. yeah, you will feel like a genius if you pull something like that off. And it, it, just very, very intuitive and user friendly as well. And, and some and this, those coins you collect, I've done every challenge. There's not one I've seen that I've backed off on. Mm -hmm. They're almost little more than collectible, so you're not required. Don't feel like you have to do them if they're giving you a hard time. I love it when a game gives me a hard time. I love it a lot, especially yeah. after you get the double jump. If you're having trouble, wait till you get the double jump. Go back, and yeah. um, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and that's an, an unusual thing. I forget if I mentioned it on or off mic. That uh, so it gives you these powers. The double jump is one of the last powers that you get. Whereas in every other game, that would be like the first thing you get. And like, of it's course, you get a double yeah. jump. You are like constantly your 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 fingers are begging for it. Like, ah, oh, I thought I could double jump, and it's been eight hours. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck, this game is excellent. This game is excellent, and I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm, I I'm glad that that's coming from you because if it were me saying it, it might ring a little hollow. Well, I ne Michael, I <laughs> never I, heard I, it from you. I, I all I got was, yep. Yep. I, well, <laughs> I've been trying not to say anything about yep. this game that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. And and I'm I'm just so happy that it's out in the wild now and that I can gush about it like an idiot. Personally, I don't care for it. It's fine. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's very <laughs> good. I, oh, I do have one quibble. You. I have one quibble, and this is, this can't be helped. This is a me issue. Um, Colorblind gentleman here representing mm -hmm. a significant percentage of the male population as well. So the 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 one thing I don't like is that they do map certain attacks to certain colors. So like un this is very common in video games, by the way. The big unblockable account attack is guess what? Red. And so if you have trouble seeing the color red, you're gonna have to memorize attack patterns a lot more than other people who can see that mm. color right away and quickly respond to it. So that's 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 a me thing, but it's. It's a little frustrating because Ubisoft is normally so good about their accessibility options. I was quite surprised here because even in other recent Ubisoft games, like Avatar is just kind of like, what color do you want to make that UI element? You can make it any fucking color you want. You want that to be bright pink? That shit is bright pink, dog. And it's like, cool, I can see bright pink. And it's, it's uh, yeah, so anyway. I, I would only say like quibble. the mandatory parry elements. Parry. Parry. Thank you. Um uh, are are a, a Those solid are at least yellow very easy to well they're spot. a solid yeah. hue when it's a red element there'll be like lightning and like it looks like an exploding hadouken yeah there there is some more visual cues they try i think that to does make not it so make it as not easy so as for for you it is for me but for colorblind people out there until there's another option 
you can still do it. You just have to look for things like that, like something. You have that, to look, yeah, yeah. They they give you other tells. Yeah, but the yellow mm-hmm. one's easy to see, and the yellow ones are awesome because it's like that's sort of their way of introducing cutscenes into combat. It, it takes you basically from one stage of a boss fight to the next. It's like if you can connect with this type of parry, mm-hmm. you're going to take down like a, a half of the dude's health <laughs> and probably introduce a new phase in a boss battle. And this game does have some epic boss battles as well. We should see. Yeah, like, this game is oh, yeah. fucking terrific. Yeah, big screen filling monsters that you get to. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when up. the game almost at times can start to feel like dead cells to me. Hmm. Like the the the, uh, the boss battles do a little bit, you know. But not it, to say it's Dark Souls like. No, but it feels like a triple A Dark Dark Souls. Yeah, there are some Soulsy elements, like the mm-hmm. the whack whack trees, where you can rest and uh, that you know then you reset the enemy checkpoint mm-hmm. where you yeah. And and it, I'm I'm wondering because I've been playing at higher difficulties because you know I've played through this before. You got uh, and, good, and I've forgotten. Uh, so if you're playing on normal difficulty. Do the enemies not reset if and, until do. you at okay. the whack whack trees they reset? But I mean, in, until you rest, do. if do they do they reset before you? Yeah, rest? they not only reset the whack when you meet one of those Mega Man transition levels, they'll reset mm-hmm. then too. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, when they've reset, I I pretty much find a whack whack tree always so that I hadn't noticed that they're resetting other times. So, and and it, I do love that it guides you to the whack whack trees because you know a lot of these Metroidvanias it's about exploration. It's kind of like oh, do I go to the upper left or the upper right? And whenever, whenever there's a whack whack tree nearby, like there's leaves and like a breeze blowing yeah. its direction. Yep. Like yeah, hey, well, you can it save will always over tell here. you like yeah. oh okay, well you, like just when you're about to give up hope, you see those golden lines. Like okay, I know there's there's a save point over here. I played in exploration and unguided. There's exploration and guided. The option is at the beginning. You can switch them anytime. It, that it was amazing. It was just like I don't know if I'm doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing because I just keep exploring. I I'm, did. I did guided because guided. My understanding was it just adds a lot of like symbols to the map. Like mm-hmm. hey, if there's a locked door here, you're gonna see that on your map. Because the alternative, it's like it has that camera system of like if you want to take a picture and have a memory yeah. shard. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. That is That's something that I want to talk about. This is something that should be in every Metroidvania yes. going forward mm-hmm. that you just hit down on the D-pad and it marks your map with a screenshot of wherever you are, which mm-hmm. like yes. if you if you say like Oh, here's a chest that's out of reach, and I think I know once I have the right power, I can get up to that chest. You just take a picture, and then you remember, mm-hmm. like... Here's a wall I can't... Here's an yeah. object I can't interact with. I can take a screenshot of that that'll leave it on the map, so whenever I unlock whatever I need to get, I can get back here without having to can yeah, really Can you control where it takes that picture of yes. the screen? I mean, you, you, can, you can adjust the camera with the right stick, and then mm-hmm. you take Man, the picture. I haven't tried that yet. So, I just hit down, and it snaps the picture. And But yeah, that's exactly what I use it for. Is like, oh, that I don't have my double jump yet. I see a really tall chest, and there's nothing else around. It there's a glowing purple grapple-looking mm-hmm. thing, and I don't have a grapple thing yet. Um, I'm going to take yeah. a shot of this to know when I get this, I can come right back to this yeah. point and not search for it. It's awesome! And that's why I didn't I didn't view the guided mode as a cheat, because like that kind of stuff's not on the map it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. like say oh here's a chest here mm-hmm. it's literally the stuff that other games give you for like i think even in metroid games it's like this is a red door it's locked you can't get this yeah. you, or you, you well need like ability. like the door icon will be red until you get the power that's needed to unlock it and then then it'll turn green and you'll know mm-hmm. i can go back there but yeah like the 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 screenshot thing kind of prevents me from doing the thing that i do in every metroidvania which is 
after a few hours after I leave an area, I look at the map and it's like, oh, what's that area that I haven't finished exploring? And I go back to, oh, right, this is that thing I can't get to yet. So mm-hmm. this is a way of saving time and not making yeah, you do that. Because all other Metroidvanias really do there is like, hey, I still see a section of the map that's uncovered. Why didn't I uncover that section of the map? And you may or may not remember what was preventing you from doing that. Like, that's mm-hmm. their hint. And then this game's just like, nah, you just take a screenshot. It's fine. Which is great. Yeah. More mm-hmm. shit should be like that. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's it's fantastic. It's one of the best Metroidvanias I've played ever. Yep. Um, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yep. It's very fun. Fantastic Agreed. game. I, I like it. Yeah. And I, I think it, it really does deserve to be like... Uh, you know, th- this this can be Prince of Persia going forward. Like, yeah, well, that, I, I would I would have, that, have that's more. What of I was going to say is this to me feels like I love Sands of Time. Don't get me wrong, yeah. I fucking love that game, and and it was a game very much of its era. This game feels almost like what if the Prince of Persia series went in this yeah. direction instead of Sands of Time? It's kind of and it's like, oh yeah, this would have been a totally other viable path for the series. You yeah. know, it's kind of like Metroid has that now too, right? It's like you mm-hmm. got your dreads, and then you got your primes, which are the, the first-person ones, and it's or like it's they can like, both coexist. Yeah, and and that remake is still happening, as far as I know. I should, I should it, the, the The remake's still happening, but Prince of Persia was always the parkour, time control game, but it's like... But it's still without that. It's still it's Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and like might you know it's like a Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi situation here. Like these things don't diversify themselves very well, um, and whenever you try, it gets more difficult. So maybe yeah, Prince of Persia should be this. This is so much fun. Yeah, it's it's immensely fun. I, I really I don't love remember, this game. I ever remember the game being this combat focused. Like uh, the acrobatics were always there, but. There was a mm-hmm. rewind tool there, let's be honest, to allow you to experiment and die <laughs> a lot. I think and, the difference and, between Pop and like Assassin's Creed was like you have to do the platforming in Prince of Persia, you always did, versus Assassin's Creed literally has like hold the trigger to auto parkour. Yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> your yeah, your that's character true. will just run and scramble up this thing for you. Yeah. And, but, and I, I also got to ask the question, like, why why doesn't this have a rewind of the producer? And mm-hmm. uh, he said, like, because we didn't want to ever slow the game down. Because two things with, with rewinding, number one, you are erasing everything you just did. You lose an element of interactivity, and you also have to wait while the game goes back yeah. to the point that you... And so it, it basically stops the game. And it's like, we didn't want to have anything that would stop the game or slow it down. So instead, we have that thing where you can drop a shadow in a safe place or whatever, and if you like, if you get clever with using that, you can use that to effectively rewind to a safe place or you know get out of harm's way. But also, if they add that in a sequel, we never have to think about braid or blinks again. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. If you are not convinced by the love we're showering on this, I encourage you to check out the free demo, which is available on the platform of your choice, whatever, uh, whatever else the game is available on, um, and, and see if it's for you and you might, uh, find that it very much is in which case. Yeah. I, I encourage you all to, to check this out. Easy there. 
chill. All right. Yeah, not, enough of not that just chills. because of who I work for, but I. So I just there was love a, this there game. is another release that came out this week. As listeners hear this, so mm-hmm. the Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Got a remaster, whether you wanted it to or not. It well, happened. I, I I do think like I, I saw a thing where like a developer you know was confused as to like why is there's all this all this consternation about it like is this really so different from what like ghosts of tsushima or uh death stranding did and like yeah i guess it's not and they're adding quite a bit so well and and the good news is they're doing exactly what both those games did they are giving you an upgrade option so for 10 bucks you can get the remaster if you did buy the the ps4 and i think that's where a lot of the consternation is coming from is people are kind of thinking like well wasn't that game very recent and yeah. it's almost like they forget the same thing happened with the last well, of Us one yeah and, which and has I, now had two remasters i, one I think remaster. that's one of the reasons for the consternation people are like oh yeah you you remastered first off you remade a game that had already been remastered really well on ps4 and which is still very playable and within and, a 10 year span yeah and you you remade it exactly um, with like some new features, <laughs> like yep. accessibility stuff, and then uh, now, now, shortly after that, you're remastering this game that just came out like a couple years ago for new hardware. But like, yeah, the way to look at it, I think, is not so much. Oh, they're doing a remaster of this game that just came out. It's like this is the PS5 upgrade rather yep. than the Which- remaster. And so it's ten bucks, which is like nothing. I think the Death Stranding upgrade was twenty, and maybe even mm. Ghost of Tsushima was twenty. So it's nothing there. But also, if you never played the original, just buying the game outright, it's only fifty dollars. Which yeah. you know, most first-party Sony games are seventy bucks, and so it's it's still like it's a great deal if you never played that game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some new stuff like mm-hmm. what I'm looking forward to trying out because I will totally do the ten dollar upgrade and find better 4k visuals i guess and smoother frame rates but they add this no return roguelike survival right. mode yeah, yeah. and you get to play as different characters so you get to play as like jesse and tommy and other people and kind oh, of fight cool. through different sections of the game yeah so you're not just ellie uh the whole time or i yeah. guess the spoiler from two <laughs> but we we haven't had a chance to uh to play that yet but yes it is coming yeah, out as well, i don't have so. that kind of free time i'm not gonna pre-play a game <laughs> i said i that that is so demanding of my empathy sensors that i'll ever play again at it's all very emotionally mm-hmm. demanding game like I, at is. the time i was like i beat it and i never need to go back but if it's 10 bucks and it's like i'm going back for this 10 bucks for the roguelike mode might sort of be worth it mm-hmm. you know because the combat in that game when you're not busy worrying about the person's dog you just killed and now they're crying over it's like the yeah. combat is is really excellent in in that game you know so yeah it is it's, it's sadistic mm-hmm. it's twisted i mean you know it's not prince of Persia, the lost crown but it's pretty good it's not uh. can you imagine if it was <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird swinging golf clubs like scimitars over yeah, here sliding under enemies and then smacking them <laughs> skyward oh my god <laughs> i would totally play that Boy, and that one character's death scene would have been way different mm-hmm. if that was the case <laughs> abby just runs slides through the legs boom just knock him 20 feet into the air (laughs) end over end uh yeah that could be fun anyway (laughs) let's move along Like I said before, five news stories. Just mm-hmm. doing the five. So 
This is the best of the best. And this uh, is a pretty off, good lead-in into this one. First off, not five, but GTA 6 is now the... Not the top-viewed video game trailer of all time. It took the number two slot, surpassing Minecraft with, I think, just over like 160... 169 nice uh, views uh, on places like YouTube, but I wanted to ask you guys, do you know what the number one most viewed video game trailer of all time is? I don't, so please tell me it's Cars 2, otherwise I'm going to lose a bet. It's, (laughs) I will give you another hint, it has, and this won't be much of a hint, it has about twice as many views, 361 million views. Wow. Think of, think of... Who there are a lot more of than maybe traditional console gamers. That that's a big is, hint. Is for it the type it, of game? It's not it a is. Madden game, is it? It's not a Madden game. Think think though of like the platform that a lot more people have yeah. than consoles. Everyone iPhone? has one in their pocket. Oh, uh, Doodle Jump You're Revolution. Close. You're way closer than than you would think. Uh, shit. Uh, what's a popular mobile game? Um. Michael, uh, help me out here. Two, two, 2012 game. Uh, Pornhub.com? That's a mobile <laughs> game, right? Never went to that uh, before my phone. So Orgle? this this uh. game, I'll just tell you, because it would have taken you a while to get here, but I think you would have eventually gotten to Subway Surfers. Oh, what? Okay, Subway wow. Surfers. No, I wouldn't which, have. <laughs> I'm, I mostly know that game because like that weird trend of like doubling up uh let's show something boring alongside something subway surfers with like uh an asmr video of some somebody carving up a bar of soap what trend is that what the fuck is going oh, on it's, with uh, I, I saw my my ex's kids call that the ultimate like how to not scare adhd people off show a family guy clip and then below it a clip of a free runner Mm-hmm. Focus okay. on Which both. Which is what Subway Surfer is. Subway Surfer is one of the most popular free runners. I mean, 360 million views, pretty impressive. The game itself has 4 billion with a B downloads. Good lord. Wow. Yeah. I've never... This is the first time I've heard of this game. Do I deserve to host a game podcast? I don't know. Let's take a vote on it. Only on Reddit, and I guarantee you we won't listen to it. We ain't talk about no cell phone games. <laughs> cell phone I, games. Now Come remember, on. the GTA 6 trailer is pretty new. It's only a couple weeks old. This trailer's been out there for quite some time, so I think eventually it will surpass that and get to double those views. But well, Who are the fucking asshole maniacs going to watch a, a trailer for their free mobile game over and over again back in 2012 it was all it was all different man it was all working different back then they, they tried to market these things like traditional games and it's just like no the way people discover mobile games they go to the app store they look at the top downloads they download something from the top 10 that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is mm. but anyway so yeah so congratulations gta 6 subway surfers they're coming for you. Look out. Um, let's see. This is wild, man. Okay, so after 10 years, what game did you guys guess is getting its final piece of DLC? Oh, I know this one. Because I tried to buy this game a year oh, or two did. ago. Oh. And it was hundreds of dollars. Oh, my God. Because of the plastic instruments exactly. involved, perhaps? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so I, Rock like, Band 4, who... Okay, I, I checked on this like oh maybe maybe they they published a piece of DLC like once per quarter or something like no no no, no. every week regular DLC releases wow. up until now and I think what a lot of people are thinking is so so you may or may not know that um Harmonix was purchased eventually by Epic 
and they just launched that new very rock band Fortnite Festival. Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite Festival to the point there might even be plastic instruments being developed for that game. So like I think this is the sign of like all of the rock band devs now are needed. They're going to be working on Fortnite Festival and uh yeah, but it's that's a end of a big era. Like I had no clue they were still doing DLC, weekly DLC for Rock Band. I mean, I was mad like the game is $30 to download digitally. Okay. If you want any of the instruments, which I moved across the country, guess what didn't make it? Yeah, of the, 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 Those instruments, and I don't yeah. have any. It was hundreds of dollars because, like, the game was out of print a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember Rock Band 4 and Guitar Hero relaunched. Fucking Guitar Hero. It's their mm. fault. Because Rock Band announced they were re-releasing something like, yeah, well, us too. I'm like, oh, god damn it. You both mm. killed your own, like, mm-hmm. niche market. You yeah, murdered it. Yeah, you're, 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 and uh, you can't get any of the instruments. You can get the game. But th- it's eight years of DLC. I would love to play more rock band, and I can't. 3,000 songs. 3,000 songs! The, part of the reason I ferry my 360 around is because of all that rock band DLC that is on the hard drive that can't go away. Well, and I think they have all those compatibility things too with the previous game. So like if you include the other versions of Rock Band and all the games, all the songs in those, like it's it's way over 3000 songs if you include the the Yeah, got to be. Band it was 3 four. a week for for like 10 years. Yeah. It's insane. So um who knew? Still coming out, but uh, no more. It's they, they haven't announced actually what the DLC is going to be, just that this is it. Uh so they're they're shutting her down very soon i guess in the month type situation but uh i know yeah. what it should be it should be something from john philip sousa real classic <laughs> stuff i'm no, sorry i'm yeah. super old school some, some of the people want mm-hmm. yeah like, some, you some give the people what they want i was only like uh have you seen that it's on youtube someone snuck into the cnn archives like 20 years ago and ted turner mandated like a uh Y'all go ahead and make something for CNN for the end of the world. For the end of the world. And I you can watch it. it, and it's, it's yeah. just like, it's so weird what that's, he that's thought we would want to see at the end. A gag from Gremlins 2? No. No, there <laughs> no. was a video made for CNN if the world ended. It's like eight minutes long, a lot of... It sounds like something that a Fallout game would have spooked. It's like, insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard insane. to sit through, but like someone made this in earnest. <laughs> we might blow up tomorrow. Now, Ernest DLC. Now mm. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if they really wanted to, to do something big, you know, they should have, like, held off and never given people free bird. Let's be honest. That's what the people want. Mm-hmm. That's what you always hear at concerts. Play you free close bird. out, man. You close out. Last piece of DLC. Free bird, man. Fucking let's go. Yeah. You know that. You know that Freebird was like on the first game or something. It was oh. probably like a billion dollar license. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We can't wait. Th- we can't wait until we're dead to l- announce this. Oh man! Speaking of things that are probably almost dead, I don't know how old he is actually, and I don't want to besmirch this fine gentleman that is Billy Mitchell. Did oh, you he's guys the worst. Fine, litigious gentleman. He's the worst. His Donkey Kong historical records, historical being the key term there, were in reinstated to Twin Galaxies after. A court dispute, basically. Um, and this is fascinating to me because it's like, none of this matters. If, if you're the, okay, first of all, if you're the kind of person who goes to Twin Galaxies... No, but it, here's the thing. like, If you're the kind of person who goes to Twin Galaxies at this point, like, his scores aren't on the current boards. Because like, the current players have well surpassed all of his most famous scores. Yes, I know, including the Mortgage Broker score... 
and the boomers score. And if you know why Damn, boomers Matt are knows called what, that, give you mad credit. Hats off, Maddie. I, I'm, my hat's off to you now because right before we were recording, I was doing the impossible climb in Prince of Persia and watching a four-hour Billy Mitchell documentary from Veritas uh, about how he definitely really cheated. Well, and so that's that's what. Okay, this is allegedly Chris. We got to cover ourselves legally. No, you know, we but don't. Here, but, but that's that is what we the don't. court case was disputing, where he was saying, "No, no, this was a real arcade machine." And basically, like they brought, he brought in, I guess it was like a forensics expert who was saying a lot of those anomalies that people were saying, "Oh, that's a main version of Donkey Kong. That's re- that's not real." This forensics expert was like, "No, no, this is bound to happen with aging." boards nope. from the 80s from the early 80s hardware i can you know, confidently so. say he's definitely wrong and it, like just to, to give you a super loose explanation of it billy mitchell claims i was always playing on arcade when i captured my footage everyone you can see this it, it's just a couple of frames but how main loads and how arcade games load arcade games all CRT televisions would load with a scan line, like a Xerox machine. So things would come into focus when that one line went through. It still works like that if you go to an old arcade. MAME is just like a snapshot. It's just blink, 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 blink. There's no... So the things on the left haven't loaded yet. He's been doing this for decades. <laughs> he's been cheating via... MAME. It's, I don't even know if he's... No one knows if he's cheating. That's But that's he's lying about using to. MAME. Well, that's He's the thing I was to is even if it's MAME, and it, let's assume it's not some hacked version of MAME that like lets you cheat, is like he's still getting those scores. He's lying about it. using MAME, which means he's hiding something, and he's going through elaborate means. I'm way too invested in this. I hate it. He's definitely wrong, and what they've both been suing one another for like half a decade. Twin Galaxies, Billy Mitchell, two things that objectively don't matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters if if you're the kind of person that goes to Twin Galaxies. It matters to you. And and but but what's so funny though is like what the concession is is they didn't agree. Like okay, we're yes. reposting your scores to the overall leaderboard because he wouldn't even be ranked in the new leaderboards. Their historical leaderboards are like a snapshot of saying this is what the leaderboards look like back in 2014 before we got. They added a wayback machine. Yeah, yeah. And, There's and a wayback so, machine for Twin Galaxies, so and basically, that's what his scores are on. In my opinion, and. I'm way too invested in this because I love hating Billy Mitchell. They Billy Mitchell sued them for defamatory statements when they took his scores down. And Twin Galaxies was this adorable thing trying to make a worldwide leaderboard 40 years ago. I used to see the guy in his referee shirt. He was the G4 Lee, logo guy. Walter Day. Walter I used Day. To, I wanted to go hug Walter Day every time I saw him. And and so they've both been suing each other for so long and realize if this goes to trial, this will bankrupt both of us in the process. But probably more Twin Galaxies because I think Billy Mitchell might have more money. He it, it but he he's still would have lost Sauce Empire. He would have lost because he's he is lying. Well, I just okay. I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. say this very awkwardly, and the joke may not land because of it. But isn't it just so appropriate that this, this the concession for Billy Mitchell is literally a man stuck in the past? Like yeah. now, his scores, which are a snapshot stuck in the past, are the only thing that is surviving on Twin Galaxies. They both like, yeah, reached sure. an agreement that makes both of them look awful. <laughs> <laughs> that that like uh, the whole point of Twin Galaxies is like who has the highest score now. 
It doesn't matter who had the highest score 20 years ago. It hasn't mattered, by the way, it hasn't mattered for decades no. in video games who no. has the highest yeah, score. Yeah, that doesn't matter at all. But, like, uh, but yeah, I get but it. It's, Leaderboards it's its matter. Own thing. It's not relevant to the current game. No, no, video I'm fascinated icons. by this because I, I know the mechanics of Donkey Kong as well as I do. And, and like, that isn't even how you debunk Billy Mitchell stuff. I'll, I, I could go on, but their settlement makes, like, diminishes both of them. At the but same time, did you time. read the stuff with the forensic expert yes. and all that stuff? Yeah, but he's a, he's a dumbass. He's a liar, and and like he's wrong as well. You're because, calling Dr. Michael Zaito a liar? How dare you? Yeah, sir? He, no, he doesn't know what he's talking I, about. These I aren't don't know compression about elements. The man to make actionable statements about him, I just did. Mm. Come at me. I, I dare you, because I promise the most interesting I will do is is die in a lawsuit with somebody like this. I will be more than happy to do that because it, 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 he is wrong. Because like his argument was only that like eh, a copy of a copy of a copy could look a little different. Like that's not VCR. Yeah, what's he was happening saying these are VCR here. Tapes copy, and he did he did that. the the original version of Mame. Remember, it had you have it, arcade machine or Donkey Kong in particular is a CRT tilted on its side. Mame tilted to the wrong side for the first couple of years of its life, the wrong ninety degrees. So you'd have to turn your TV an opposite angle of what the arcade machine would have. It's very obvious to see Billy Mitchell is doing this now. Not very obvious. It's not obvious to anyone except if you've done like nine hours of research. But like. It's very provable. Billy Mitchell is lying, and this uh, this uh, this expert doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But isn't it still impressive, even if it is a meme score, that he's no, able to get? No, Billy that Mitchell score? is one of the best Donkey Kong players to ever live. He could make his business. I will come and open your arcade and play Donkey Kong if you play, pay me two thousand dollars. Right for the, to the end of time. The, the idea that he needs to be the best because he's so not the best. He's been beaten a billion times. The whole thing, Matt is talking. The mortgage broker scored all that's been beaten by legitimate players that can prove they're better than Billy Mitchell. But Billy Mitchell is still more famous than them. Anyway, yeah, but he was sorry. in a movie. He had a movie made about. Yeah, him. but yeah. Oh, that's the funniest part. All of this testimony is public record, and Steve Weeby got sent a copy of his original tape by the film crew. Steve Weeby presented this in court. <laughs> oh boy! And, and, and still. Like, oh. Proved Billy Mitchell like didn't mean to. He wasn't trying to do it. He just happened to hold on to it. Steve Weeby is it, once again undoes Billy Mitchell. It's hilarious. It's a hilarious story. I I would watch a sequel to King of Kong, mm. a fistful and of it's still like, unfolding because Billy Mitchell's a yeah. giant fucking bully and a weirdo and an awful person. But that's what I, I that's why I want a follow up to that movie. Like I think I think the the stuff that happened after the movie may be more fascinating. Yeah, than, yeah. Than the stuff I agree. In the original movie. I agree. Billy Mitchell is the most pathetic man alive. <laughs> he is he is using every single thing from the Trump playbook, not to be president and escape jail. But to prove he once was good at Donkey Kong, <laughs> it's so silly. It's I've, so I've seen silly. him like at Paxes, and like it's exactly what you would imagine. He's he wears the American flag tie, the hair is coiffed just oh so right, mm-hmm. and he has that same smug smile. Like if you know what Billy Mitchell looks like, I'm sure like in your head, like the the vision of him has this smile. It's on all the news stories. It's like that's exactly. How he rolls around. I want. I want to say he's the worst. But speaking on behalf of someone who's been podcasting for eight years and dependent on donations, sometimes you cling to that moment of greatness 
<laughs> it happened to you early on <laughs> in your glory and, days. And you, yeah, you don't know what else. What am I supposed to do after this? I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I can see why you might do that. But like Billy Mitchell, man, what a fascinating shithead. So yeah, if you're if you're a fan, <laughs> that was the least Galaxies litigious thing Billy I said. Mitchell, by the way. Maybe you're relieved that they they have some resolution to this story. I just want to see. It's not it. resolution. It was to not go to further trial. Yeah, it, it's it's a settlement. It's, it's settlement. basically like, hey, we don't want to bankrupt each other paying lawyers. Yeah. So let's just agree to do this thing, and that's our temporary solution. Hey, speaking of things that are bankrupting people, GameStop is stepping away from the <laughs> NFT marketplace. No, what? not GameStop. My what? Castlevania dagger what? JPEG isn't worth anything anymore? How dare I, I mean, you? By the way, this is like the third story about this. Like, they've been stepping away from NFTs in, like, phases, and this is like the second or third phase of that. But, uh, yeah, uh, they're, they're closing the NFT marketplace completely on February 2nd, 2024. Almost two years to the day after they announced it back in 2022. So, um, I this stuff like we all saw this bubble as it was building, and we're like, "This what? No, don't don't buy it." Did you guys see that on the hell site formerly known as Twitter? They're no longer going to be allowing NFT profile pics, which is like half the what? reason a lot of those people bought those well, NFT. Was that the, like they would display pictures? them in octagon format yeah, yeah, or yeah, like? Yeah. Yes, yes, I heard that features being removed now and i think that happened before elon began his tenure so uh, it it did i I, I saw a recent news story about it no no it it happened before elon was there it was no no no, i I don't mean them getting rid of it i mean no 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 before but but like starting twitter helped legitimize Mm -hmm. uh nfts through that measure and I think if one of us had commented, if you're on Twitter, every other ad has Elon Musk and the word NFT in it. Right. <laughs> to this I, I'm day. I'm just shocked that, like, <laughs> does he know that all these ads are using his likeness to... I think he just I needs to be paid. people are paying for ads on his Probably. Yeah. He needs to be paid. He kind he of lost $40 billion dollars yeah. on this shitty teenager endeavor. There's probably part of him that's like loves the fact that people are creating ads with his mm-hmm. likeness, you know. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's he is also an incredibly pathetic person. <laughs> pathetic. So, like, yeah, if you want to go get your NFT goodness, you're going to have to shop elsewhere because GameStop can't help you after February second, gentlemen. I've been in so many GameStops so many times in the last year and not bought anything. I had no idea they were selling selling NFTs. Every time I go in there, it's like, you might have a cheap pop for my girlfriend. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no way I would buy a game through you. I think I, I I never really checked it out, but I'm assuming that a lot of that was on a website, like the NFT marketplace. It had to be. Mm-hmm. No, you, it's not like you can go to a store and like, yeah, give me like a pack of M- NFTs. Well, I mean, right. you could, there maybe is a kiosk or something. I and I say, it, like, I, I, I shop at my local game store for new games, and I have Game Pass, and a couple friends in the industry left. I don't have a reason to be in a GameStop a lot. I really don't. Every once in a while, I'll get that little nostalgic kick, because like, I, I, I spent a lot there. of time in my teens and 20s going into Babbage's and EB mm-hmm. Games and eventually GameStop's, and it's like... It's still closer to that feeling than any other store that exists. No, the, but. there were some bigger stores open around me, and like they might as well become they might as well be called Pokemon Rick and Morty Emporium. Yeah, because that's what they are. There's like a wall of games, and the rest of it is plastic. Yeah, well, that, that's shit, the thing, garbage. Doing a, a podcast like this every week and like playing all the games that I can, like 
going into a game store holds no joy for me anymore because it's just like, I either have all this or I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every single time. There, there, I did reach that point in my 40s. I walk into a game store. I'm like, wow, you didn't throw this away? I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, oh and it's increasingly God. being taken over by pops and collectibles and not even like cool collectibles like figmas or whatever it's just like oh here's like I'm a pretty good friends with my uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm decent friends with my local game store owner and he just like i've always been into music too so i'm just gonna add vinyl and like it is the perfect marriage game store and vinyl like if if any like if you want physical games to have a resurgence treat them like vinyl and have people there who know what this is and respect it it's still nice that there is a place that we know is dedicated to physical game sales, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, we, God knows, we see all these stories about, like, hey, uh, what happens when you go all digital and people lose access to libraries, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, so if you if you want to champion digital, maybe you shouldn't shit on, like, one of the biggest retail oh. chains that is still dedicated to yeah. physical video games, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, but every time... One of those mediums goes under, be it radio. And then and again, none of these mediums go under. Radio's still around, but it's always by their own hubris. Like that is, it's not yeah. just people leaving. Well, you and, did and, something and shitty. The, the issues people had with GameStop, it wasn't the fact that they were selling video games. It was, mm. it was the used game stuff and it was, yeah. it was everything else. Well, right? it's, it was it's like, like the hard sells for like cell phones. Protection and, plans, no, cell phones. This is how long it's been stuff. since you guys have been in one. Mm-hmm. The GameStop powered up rewards thing, where you couldn't buy a PS5 two years ago. They relaunched unless that, unless you paid fifteen bucks a year, a month. Oh, I forget because yeah. I would just well, I, like it I would. Used to I, come I, with a Game Informer subscription. So yeah, it yeah, used to be worthwhile. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. but whatever they were proposing, I swatted it to the ground in my brain and walked out and never came back for anything like that. I don't. There's nothing new you can offer me, and and I, I wish I could explain this better, but like. I'm both sort of with the people like physical forever. I want to own this forever. And I'm also like, I grew up on cable and Netflix and I'm not, you know, I'm used to things going away when I'm done using them. Uh, I walk into GameStop like it's a used DVD store. Oh shit. Here's that Tropic Thunder Blu-ray with that short film. You can't see online. (laughs) I'm buying it. I I know what it is and I care and I'll pay you extra if you still have it. But, but like I, for new games, never, never. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of new games or how about old games made to look new? Uh Oh, Uh, the NVIDIA TRX remix tool is something that I guess was showcased a lot at CES. I kind of overlooked right. it with all the stories coming out of that conference, but this thing's fucking wild. It's basically, it's a modding tool. RTX that, Remix, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say TRX? Yeah. You're right. The NVIDIA RTX Remix tool lets you take these old games, and if you're a modder, like it's not it's not like off the shelf, like Michael and I can't start doing this tomorrow or whatever, but if you know mm-hmm. what you're doing as a modder, like... You can add ray tracing. You can add really? all these faceless. I'm sure you could probably mess around with frame rates. Where it's 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 a tool that is like, what does this mean for official game remasters yeah. like this Last of Us for two le- coming out? Legacy right? companies like, that only release remasters. Looking at you, Konami. Hmm. It's it's. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever played like um, Minecraft RTX, like the ray traced version of Minecraft, but it's like mm-hmm. even games like that with very simplistic visuals. That shit looks amazing when you add some of those features. Like, or did you play? Was it the Quake Two remaster did, yeah. that came mm-hmm. out last year that like Microsoft released that has? I think it had ray tracing in it, and 
some of that stuff is the easiest way to actually see what the hell ray tracing is because like yeah. the visuals are so simplistic it's like oh that's how the lighting looks better well gotcha. the thing is you talk about ray tracing and after my experience trying to use ray tracing heavily in in pc games like i can describe the sound of it more than the sight of it because the sound of it is <gasps> Fans, yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> the the temperature of the room rising about twenty degrees. Might be nice in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Start ray tracing everything. Yeah. I mean, I've been there when I've been in a cold room, and I was kind of glad my PC was overheating. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, let's go! Yeah, but like, I mean, the reason it's having to do that is like when you understand the the science behind ray tracing, it's like it is doing a calculation. I don't know if it's every the quote-unquote like wavelength of light or atom of light or whatever you know light is both what a wave and a particle Mm -hmm. but like it's calculating what the fuck is going on with light particles in this environment and diffusing them properly and all this shit where it's like oh yeah it's it's doing some crazy science and there's a ton of math behind that shit and so my my big issue with it is just like yeah but every time i disable that in a game and opt for frame rate I feel like I make the right choice. Like I'll still take frames <laughs> over ray tracing every time, but that, but this tool does more than just ray trace. It well, does part of, part of the reason you play nostalgic games is to play, have them look the same, but play better. And frame rate is a way bigger aspect of that than ray tracing. Well, and and that's actually something though. Um, you know, just kind of talking to like game developer friends and stuff. Like you can't just assume that every game you can take to sixty frames, right? Because mm. if a game wasn't built to handle mm. sixty frames. Mm. It will break the game. Like, I think the most notorious example was, was it like the Dark Souls game where like the weapon degradation was tied to frame rate. And so when people would overclock no it on the shit. PCs, the weapons would break sooner. But like, oh. even just think of simple character animations in a game, right? If you've only drawn animations to handle 30 frames per second. So, okay. So you speed up the frames to 60. The animation's not going to know what to do with those mm. inter, what is it called? The interpolation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interpolated. It's the fucking VHS effect that we all hate. Yeah. On TV, right? yeah. Like, yeah, the British television effect. <laughs> yeah. So, like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And and so that's why, I, I don't know, this just, this fascinating tech to me because it puts a lot of those tools in the hands of the consumers. Now, whether or not these people can be able to legally release a lot of these games, that the whole modding, there's all kinds of legal shit that, like, no one has really bothered poking the bear with modding because I think everyone just wants to leave it alone and the industry at least wants to pretend it doesn't exist or it doesn't happen for the most part because legally there's you know if someone's putting macho man in your game and you didn't pay for his likeness what do you, what I, do, you do i i am not in the modding community the last time i remember hearing a big thing in the modding community was all the gta mods making gta 3 through san andreas playable modernly being mm-hmm. removed because they were releasing remasters. They were Not every company has done that, though. That was just Rockstar. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the companies that no longer exist. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Like, there's so many companies that no longer exist are going to support these games. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. That's true. But but I do love that, like, you know, in, in a world where we're talking about things like digital-only game releases and the need for physical to to kind of maintain an archive of these games it's like yeah the modding communities are probably going to do a big part there and just ensuring that these games remain sort of playable or at least interesting to more modern players my my dream prediction is what i'm most worried about now in terms of preservation is people deleting youtube accounts because sometimes when i go and do like this is a great article oh they have videos embedded 
this YouTube account has been deleted for 12 yeah, years. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. no. Like, uh, it, does this exist anywhere else? Uh, uh, that someday people will be able to look at YouTube and there will be a system. It sounds insane. Extrapolate that video data and then put it into a game you can play right away. Based on what based on what the internet tells us, it sounds insane. It'll happen, but YouTube has to stay around. We will be able to get a fingerprint of gameplay from YouTube. Promise this will happen because I'm pretty sure they already had that in practice uh, somehow. Some uh, I feel like that was one of the promises of Stadia, at least, right? Yeah, because like, that was all Google stuff in the back end. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard stuff, you know, off mic. The, the recognition tools were already there. It's just like, but yeah, the games from 10, 10 years ago, 30 years from now, like you could hear a sound from it and they could just put the data in your phone and you could play it right away. Mm-hmm. That That's totally plausible. Hmm. Nice. Well, anyway, that is all the news that is fit to play or oh. not or do whatever. All right. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's an outlier or unusual game in a long-running series whose gameplay formula you wish they'd revisit? On the official Laser Time community on Facebook, uh, Matthew LeGrave says, as a lover of turn-based strategy, Gears Tactics ended up being way better than I expected. <laughs> And is one of my favorite games inspired by the new XCOM formula. I'd love for it to get a sequel. The game was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I play that shit, I'm like, what? This is a good Gears Tactics game? What the fuck? Tap to fire. Woo! Ah! (laughs) Oh, Gears. What a silly series that I love so much. Yeah. It was it was great as a tactics game, and yes, I I hope maybe a sequel will happen. I don't know. We'll see. Didn't Halo Tactics get two games? Yeah, Halo Wars got Halo two. Wars. Yeah. Oh, what an Let's awful see thing. from the but uh, you don't get two comments for Facebook because remember only the five best folks. So from Threads.net, Raccoon Hale says, "Hey, remember when Assassin's Creed made amazing Golden Age of Pirates boat combat for two point five <laughs> games? That was amazing. You already said that." And definitely felt like a missed opportunity for them. Skull and Bones might be a final return to form there. Side note, can someone please make a Master and Commander game mm. with this engine? Oh, only hundreds of us actually want that? Damn. <laughs> there are dozens of us, dozens! Yeah, la- last year through 30, 2010 was the year I... I, I don't even know if I should say that. Like, uh, 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 I became like, oh, I, I really liked Master and Commander this time. But Master and Commander for me was a few years ago we were we were recording podcasts for Christmas and we were doing like nine shows a week and I'm sitting at the Thanksgiving table and I guess it was time deployed to go up then and I just like you, you fucking asshole master commander rule and like and my parents like what are you doing I'm like I'm not doing anything I'm just getting notification I turned off notifications on social media because of master and commander like eight years ago <laughs> and I've never turned them back on Never looked and back. I feel like my life has been better. I like to play a fun game sometimes, which is like go look at Russell Crowe back then and then look at Russell Crowe in stuff now. And it's like three movie careers ago. He's mm-hmm. just such a different actor. He, he is like, like you need a fat guy, you need a John Candy. Russell Crowe is here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I can do that. It, 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 from 30, 2010, it's really funny. Like, ah, 
Meg Ryan, you left your hot husband for that. Look at both of you now and Dennis Quaid. He's disgustingly beautiful. <laughs> Dennis Quaid is gorgeous. Oh, you silly lady. Both of you are ugly. Uh, from that hell site previously known as Twitter. Ah! Did I do the Maddie thing? Okay. Yeah, that, that's the Chris Jericho thing, by the way. We're just stealing from Is the that how he, see, he says it? He used to say, I haven't listened to a Chris Jericho podcast in like five years, dude. I don't know. I was assuming you were doing a Matthew Barry there. No. Yeah, the Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I, I morphed it to be more Matthew Barry. Matthew Barry. <laughs> you really did. Uh, uh, Steamboat Kills. <laughs> Good reference to the original Buster Keaton originator. Uh, I want new Super Mario Bros. 2. Oh. Not to be confused with New Super Mario Brothers 2, which was the best <laughs> version of that game. That's Chris's edition. Let me try this again. I want a new Doki Doki, Doki Panic. Uh, definitely not to be confused with Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> and I want Vegetable Throwing Mario game is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah, we get yes. It. He wants the He wants a new veggie game where the four characters have distinct powers and abilities. That'd yeah. Be nice. oh. I would love to see oh. that. That would be awesome. Better bosses. I'm in. Fuck the Koopalings. I needs, I needs a floaty jump. I needs mm-hmm. it. Wart Mouser. Mouser. That was a rat wearing sunglasses throwing bombs at you. I should have that tattooed on my body. He yes. died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> no, he didn't. He's still alive in all of our hearts. Also, Super Mario Wonder, depending on the badges Tri-Clyde that you get, up. lets you do the floaty jump thing. That's true. Princess's floaty jump and Luigi's high jump, I think, is, is a different one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But... You know, uh, they didn't, they, they got to tie it to the characters, man. On Bisky, where you go Bisky. to get your biscuits, uh, Blue Sky, Wolf Studios Art says, at wolfstudiosart.bisky.social, if it counts, Pocket slash Gem Fighter mm. has always been one of my top Street Fighter games. Totally Love counts. the art style, love it. Uh, the gameplay is easy to pick up, and it always felt like a celebration of everything Capcom. In hindsight, it was kind of a proto Smash Bros., and I would love to see it revisited. That's that's a that's a really good poll because yeah, that yeah. that was love like is that all lost in like the Wonder Swan or some shit? Like no, no. I no, mean, there was an was, Xbox Live arcade version. I want to say it was in a sure. collection not that long ago. It might have been mm-hmm. in the 20th anniversary collection. Yeah. But like but like when it games. came out, it came out on one of those pocket systems that nobody had. And you have to, you have to go to your thirtieth, isn't it? Street Fighter thirty. Oh no, 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 no! The Pocket Fighter came out on PlayStation, like it was an arcade game okay. originally. Okay. Yeah, it's the, the yeah, super yeah, yeah. deformed Street Fighter game with Dan and Ryu and Sakura. No, I remember uh, Super Puzzle Fighter. I thought that might like. I remember when we were talking about re reboots. Like we can't count <laughs> Super Street Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. Mm. That's clearly not a reboot. No, it's an offshoot. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a spinoff. I gotta read this. PC gamer Chris Antista Jr. <laughs> Why would you name your blue sky that? That's awful. <laughs> oh my god. I hope they charge you to change it. Uh, PC gamer digital. Uh stop it. I hate all of you. <laughs> oh I I never want to hear that again. Um I think it would be interesting if Bethesda dug up the Doom RPG series and revisited it with a more modern, more n- non-mobile take. Look at Yakuza like a dragon. I think it could be possible to build a modern RPG version of Doom. And maybe give a longtime fans a treat uh, by grounding it in the Doom Bible. When we were talking about Wolfen- 
Wolfenstein. Yeah. As the Wolfenstein RPG. Yeah. Like, people Perfect loved it. It was like, this is really fun. In 2008. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And they did a Doom RPG that was also mm-hmm. really good. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to see those brought back in some form. Mm. Looking this up, it looks like the last time Super Gem Fighter might have been released in a collection, it was the Street Fighter Alpha Anthology. Hmm. That was for, all the way back in 2006, maybe? Anyway. So where does this game go? Like, uh, here's a bunch of stuff you didn't play if you weren't in Japan. Hmm. <laughs> I love those games. They're fun. Yeah. Um, hey, we got a video response oh, we from do. Cody. From Cody Smith, who says... Hey, Video Game Apocalypse, Cody here, and I wanted to talk about this week's question of the week. And I wanted to take this question in a very personal direction, as you can see based off of the background of my YouTube set here. Mm-hmm. And that's through the lens of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Underground. Oh, sure, it's Tony Hawk's Pro stuff. Skater 4 and Tony Hawk's Underground 2 also explored the idea of being a singular pro skater that is going pro. But as a small-time skater that grew up in Southern California, this really resonated with me. For one, it really had the dirty aesthetic of being a underground sort of game. And when you're in the punk scene and you're in yep. that that total skateboarding Ugh. and punk underground, like you want things to be dirty. Tonex Pro Skater 4 and Underground 2 both felt clean and very like, I don't know, skater punk like Avril Lavigne. And that corporate <laughs> feel felt too overhandled for me. The dirty feel plus being on the original Xbox allowed me to incorporate my own soundtracks. By ripping CDs to the hard drive of the Xbox, I could listen to my own soundtracks in the game, and that made for this game to be a totally awesome reflection of myself. I was a kid that wanted to be a pro skater, and this game allowed me to kind of pursue that dream, and then also listen to the music that I wanted to listen to. So thank you guys for listening to my answer for this question of the week, and I'll see you next week. I think that's a brilliant response, Cody, because one of the biggest things that isn't talked about about the Tony Hawk series is the music and how if you were like me watching skate videos at the time, like you were hearing grindcore punk or old school hip hop. That's what you were hearing. And those weren't being licensed in games. And, and, And there's also the Tony Hawk. Guys, if I were to describe to you the Tony Hawk gameplay formula, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can grind on every edge. Like uh, you can do vert tricks on everything. Like there's no way that game could exist. It did. It just existed annually and like wore out its welcome. But it's still really fun. It's like <laughs> the, the, the I just played the remaster again because it was a free. Uh, what were we talking about earlier? Like uh, that upgrade, that like 4K upgrade. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Av- available for one, one and two. two remaster? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no ripoff to this. Like, like why should this is a great gameplay? I always called Tony Hawk like Street Fighter. If you want to play Street Fighter against an environment and perform combos on the lip of a pool edge or something like that. Uh, and you could fail and not die and keep going. And that time limit was gone almost immediately but it's 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 a weird world without a tony hawk game uh cody smith i agree with you there's still skate videos out there man there really are we want that aesthetic back people doing cool stunts in a in a game or real life with cool music which 
for some reason, skate culture is associated with. And there's a bunch of skate footage in this video that he sent us, which uh, is unlisted. So I can't really encourage you all to go look at it. It's but just for uh, us. Night, just, Night just for Owl us, Gaming. Go like and subscribe. Do, yeah. do what you do on <laughs> YouTube. Still won't show up for you, but, hmm. oh, but unbelievable. The channel, the channel might. Night Owl Gaming. Night Owl Gaming. Uh, mad plug. Yeah. So new question of the week. Uh, what is a game that deserves a re-reboot? A game that, a series that has already been rebooted, but that you'd like to see another reboot? Uh, I think, honestly, honestly, uh, it just, just pulled up a list of games that have been rebooted. And the first one immediately is like a big resounding yes for me. Uh, Altered Beast. Altered <gasps> Beast got a reboot for the PS2 and a terrible GBA game. And I Beast just Rider? feel like that franchise oh, that deserves Axe. better. Huh? Uh, I said Beast Rider, but that was Golden Axe. Yeah, yeah Beast Ultra Rider Beast was Golden Axe. around for a while. Golden Axe could also use a, a better reboot, yeah. honestly. But uh, no, I would I would like to see an altered a new Altered Beast uh, because the the concept of like Roman buff Roman dudes who turn into various weird <laughs> animals is uh, that that has bottomless franchise potential. In my opinion, and uh, I'd, I'd like to see it get another another throw of the dice. But uh, someone else start talking. Um, on thirty twenty ten recently, Jr. I think he plugged the show like we're going to talk about the most forgotten Fallout game in history, Fallout <laughs> Brotherhood of Steel. Right? Yeah, the tactics one. Right? Mm. The tag. Mm. I said tactics, but I, I wasn't correct. I don't know. I have always wanted to love Fallout, and something about Starfield. Like, oh, all of a sudden, everybody is on my side. Traversal is boring and bullshit. Uh, you don't have enough control over the or agency over this universe. I want a new company to to, to take a hold of the Fallout games. Um, fuck the first person thing if that's what it requires. I think that whole Bethesda formula needs a complete revamp. I would love to see that retooled. I don't know if anybody else is going to like talk about a game series that they don't like or love <laughs> that they want to see rebooted, but I've always wanted to love Fallout. It's my favorite thing. Atomic Age shit, end of the world. I want it. I want it. That's, that's a good answer, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with one that had one of my favorite reboots of all time, had a few really good games, and then it almost feels like there was like one misstep and... Look, fucking nope. Sorry, can't have those anymore. And that's the Ninja Gaiden game. Oh. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, one, <laughs> the reboots, the one, two, and three, Sigmas, Blacks, whatever you want to call, whatever version you played on whatever platform, they were all excellent. And then you got what, Yaiba? Yaiba, Yaiba the one everyone hates. Uh -huh. And they fucking, no more Ninja Gaiden for you ever again after that. And I don't get it. And, and, and yes, I know they're like, if you want to get Ninja Gaiden, kind of play Dead or Alive games and fine, but it's not the same thing. As a straight-up action-ass Ninja Guide Endgame, I love the originals. I love the reboot. I would really just... I want to see what, what... Okay, where else do you go? Like, do you, do you do the 3D action thing again? Do you try to reboot once again? Do you make it a Metroidvania series? You could do that. Yeah. You, you know, inspired by the that. originals. So like, Oh, fucking, shit. That could rule for yeah. a fucking Ninja Gaiden game? Hell yeah. I, I You'd really... You'd welcome Maniac Birds in that situation. <laughs> I don't know what else Tecmo's working on, but, like, that is a franchise that really can't... It shouldn't die. It doesn't deserve what to die. What if the art of the firewheel was a persistent power-up that helped you open up different areas? 
Sure. Exactly. That's great. That's but but, but what also about, what maybe? if what what like to Matt's point like Ninja Gaiden, eight bit and Xbox are those aren't recognizable next to one another. They did reinvent themselves, mm-hmm. and they were very squarely now in a not for everybody category, but they're very for me now. I'd love to see a new Ninja Gaiden in yeah. the in the. They had those uh, Xbox ports that came out not yeah. too long ago that were pretty good. People, yeah, they, I think I, I believe those got 4K remasters for yeah. the for your Game Pass. It was so. a collection, yeah, and yeah. so like I I was hopeful at the time, like oh cool, maybe they're testing the waters, and maybe I guess I don't know. It's been a while, we haven't heard anything about it, but like fucking someone do something with Ninja Gaiden, please don't just let it sit there and. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was like twenty something years between Ninja Gaiden and its uh, and its first reboot. So, is this one of those things where we're going to find out that it's been more time since the reboot than between the original and the first? Oh, reboot? that's an well, that's question. but that's how promising Ninja Gaiden was in arcades and on the NES. It was so good. There's no Super Nintendo. There's a collection on Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's supposed. To There's be really no bad. PlayStation Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. There's not even really a PS2 Ninja Gaiden. There was a PS3 Ninja Gaiden. So let's see. From the original so, NES game, 1988, mm-hmm. to the reboot, 2004. So 16 years. 16 years. And it's it has been, been 20, 20 years. years. Oh, yeah. It's old enough for Michael to date. A stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Michael just started smelling walnuts or toast. Uh-huh. I don't know what yeah, the hell happened. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. So the master collection was two, three. Well, almost three years ago now. That that was the you get all three games, and I think they gave you like all three versions of all three games. It's like yeah, you get Sigma and the Black and mm-hmm. and Standard, whatever you want to call. You get Gore and Boobies. What? Well, I, I like. I'm not googling <laughs> anything right now, but like. The reviews made me not want... I wanted that so bad. And the reviews were like, don't play this. Mm. Not good. Mm. Yeah, that's what I remember. But, like, uh, could be wrong. Like, uh, hit me up on all the social media platforms I'm not on and won't answer you. So, anyway, I won. That's the best answer of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? Can you top Matt's answer? Uh, let us know. I thought I was going to say Final Fight. Yeah. Suck my dick. Oh, Final Fight. I would love to, But has it ever... No, that did get rebooted. It was not a great reboot, actually. Oh, Streetwise, baby. Yeah, yeah. Double yeah. Dragon, I could have said as well, because mm-hmm. uh, Double Dragon dessert. I love Double Dragon. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what game franchise do you think needs a re-reboot? Uh, let us know. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there you can answer. Or ping us on your social media platform of choice, Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky, at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the five best answers on next week's show, as chosen by Matt. Um, yeah, uh, so that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Guys, what do we got? Patreon.com slash LaserTime. Give us money and we'll keep making this stuff happen. Maybe. But it's been really fun lately. And uh, we did a Gremlin show um, for, you know, half Christmas, half 40 years. 40 years since Gremlins is the the older I get. That's one of the best movies ever made. So good. And we might have recorded one recently on Terminator. The first Terminator. Fantastic. Which is like... There's a. I feel like there's a contingent of people, like millions of people in the world, who love Terminator and haven't seen Terminator One. Hmm. 
Terminator very One movie than two. It really it's, is. It, it's fucking insane. It's sci-fi horror, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a slasher movie with a you know. It, it, it's it's more than anything. I think it's noir. Mm-hmm. It's like very inventive noir. It's we can only shoot in the dark in L.A. and it's a beautiful film. Oh, that's one of the only times a movie has made me sick to my stomach is. The scenes of him just carving into his yeah. fake flesh in one are, are at the time I was like, this is kind of disturbing. The, like it, it has such high levels of gore for, to to be like a family friendly sci fi yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't and, think it was it's, it wasn't family friendly at all. That was like a hard I, I know it just but like one, that's that's what we're we're loving about like just like the biggest movies in 1984. Dan Aykroyd gets a ghost blow job. Gremlins kill people for no reason. And most of the gore in Terminator is Arnold Schwarzenegger operating on himself. Mm-hmm. It's it's nasty. such a strange time. It's why that period is like I don't want to yeah. say it's special just because I was there. And then from it, from, it from that very weird movie, you get Terminator Two, which might be like the biggest R-rated blockbuster yeah. of all time. Like yeah. a monster truck pull of a movie that everyone loved. I went and saw that shit for a birthday, and I was wow. not old enough to be going to see rated R movies nope. at the time. Nope. Yeah, I, I I have a semi-interesting story about how I saw it, but like it, it's my like second rated R movie in theaters that I was taken to, like I was required to go to. Man. I thought you were telling us you had a semi thinking about that movie. I'm like, first of all, I haven't used the expression I have a semi. Why? There's a ton of naked guys in this. If my dick goes up, who are you to judge? <laughs> Whatever it takes, bud. Whatever it takes. I, I, I was saying that in that, in that movie, I love... Because, like, the way my old br- like, I just predicted earlier, you could use a YouTube video and extrapolate that video footage and make gameplay out of it. I do believe that'll be possible in, like, 80 years. Mm. Time travel, the way I imagine it, you can't bring your, bring your goddamn Bluetooth speaker or your goddamn Roosevelt shirt. You gotta be naked. You gotta be naked. How mm. else do you travel through the bio time stream? You gotta be naked. Nude all the time. In Arnold's butt in 84, Jesus Christ. Why Bill Paxton started to fight with that <laughs> instead of a marriage, I don't understand. Escándalo. <laughs> All right. That has been our show. As always, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky at VG Apocalypse. Follow me personally on those same platforms at Wikiparas, and maybe I'll even say something. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Edit out my stammering, Matt. Uh, so no, no, I amplify it. I actually, what I do is I copy paste it for a good five <laughs> minutes in a row. Oh, that's to, that's good. That's really respectful of people. It's time. good audio. It's good audio. They love listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it that they say? Like the comedy is just. It's a good way of wasting people's uh-huh. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I, what I say. The, that would be almost better than dead air. What you're suggesting? That was that was <laughs> the Norm Macdonald. I don't like fancy things. I don't like fancy schmancy things. I don't even like fancy mancy swanchy things. What I do like is wasting your time and mine. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, I was I was paraphrasing Bob Odenkirk who said that. He's like, right. but in, the funniest shit to him is the complete waste of people's time, which is probably ties into some Conan yeah. O'Brien and some Norm. I mean, there's, the, some, there's some DNA. In I there. found just the the longer I can spend not focusing on anything about myself is delightful. 